there, hot boy. Come pick up my bags. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Thursday, December 6, 2012. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 467. This is No Agenda. Undercover and on the land beneath Old Town of Gitmo Nation Lowlands. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And still from northern Silicon Valley, where I remain. Not going to Belize either. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. Yeah, that's right, everybody. Surprise, surprise. A show where I am in Amsterdam, the Netherlands. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, surprise, surprise. This so you was... want to discuss this happenstance? Yeah, I think we should, because I only arrived in the hotel, let's see, three hours ago. Uh, after flying all night, setting up the studio, doing whatever prep I could. I mean, I did some prep in between uh, the flight to, from Austin to Atlanta and uh, Atlanta to Amsterdam. Uh, <laughs> so here's what here's what's going on, people. Uh, my lovely wife, the lovely Miss Mickey, um, has a technical technical issue with her visa and uh, was not allowed to re-enter into the United States uh, when she was uh, due to return. Last Sunday, all very dramatic and traumatic. Aren't and, you married to the woman? Yes, I am. But uh, her green card, you know, it, that's a process that takes a couple months, and it, it hasn't come in yet. Um, and so she literally uh, cannot come in until some new paperwork is arranged. Now, mind you, she'd already been gone for two weeks, uh, running around uh, Europe, and. Uh, and it will take, at minimum, two more weeks for Janet Napolitano's crew, who run uh, United States Customs Immigration Services, uh, to get an approval to the uh, embassy in the, in Amsterdam. And, of course, I've spoken to consul generals, ambassadors, etc. And, they, and they, if they could just put a stamp, they'd do it. They'd love to. But they have no say in the matter. They have to wait until Janet Napolitano's people approve it. Then they can give yeah. her a stamp, right? And then and they don't she, care about you. They, no, they do not. And the, in fact, the the Dutch consul general um, who's in California, who we know, uh, he's he's like he's he's really frustrated. He's like, oh, this is oh, this is the worst. They can't do anything ever since nine eleven. It's crazy. So um, I am going to be in Europe for at least the next two weeks. We are hoping to get home before uh, Christmas uh, and the New Year's, and uh, of course. Cover your ears, honey. I don't want her to hear. Of course, if things really go bad, then it could be three months. But <clears throat> hey, it, it could happen. <laughs> <laughs> go to Paris for New Year's. Paris for New Year's is supposed to be a, a really great. Yeah, and you know what? It's, you know what's so what's so cool is we have just cash rolling all out of our ass, John. And we're we're gonna go to Paris and Vienna, and we well, got stay at a bed and breakfast. Bed and breakfast. You, you, well, you're going with Airbnb. This I is exactly save, save this money, is, right? This is exactly yeah. what we're doing. We're, we're, right now, we're in a hotel because you know I, I just wanted to make sure I could get in get set up and have some Wi-Fi. Uh, and tomorrow we're going to go find an Airbnb here in Amsterdam. Um, and, and at least until we figure out what the timeline is. Um, and we're just going to have a... It's crazy. Yeah? It's like, and right, what time is it here, Mickey? Well, I don't know what time it is. What time is it here? It's six six thirty in the evening? Yeah. I, I'm like, I slept... In the past you 76 slept. hours, I've slept two no, it's going to make for a great show. Yeah, and yeah, and of course, sound fine. Thank you. And I had to get a, an immigration lawyer, Alan Klein. 
Now, now these guys, they, they got a great scam going. All right, I can get this done for you. Um, I need $2,300 checked to me, $1,550 checked to the Department of Homeland Security for the expedited service. I need a $250 check to AMPTP. Don't ask what that is. <laughs> it's like, okay, I'll do whatever you tell me to. So uh, this is this is going to be a weird uh, a weird Christmas, uh, but at least we're together and uh, and I did a pretty good job bringing all the additional clothes Mickey wanted me to bring. That was the most because important. You're, thing. you're sitting there half naked yourself, though. Yeah, no, I have three, three. So you know, I'm like packing, and usually Mickey does all the packing, which is great. And then, so now I have to do it. I have to think, and I'm like, oh, concentrate, concentrate. And then you know, and then I'm like, okay, weigh the suitcase. Oh, 55 pounds. What's gonna go? Mm, I guess my stuff. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you can always buy stuff over there. Yeah. Uh, it's just uh, so you don't have. So I'm looking at Airbnb now. So you can get a place for. Well, it's still not dirt cheap. It's not cheap. You're talking if, for something that's reasonable. You're at least a hundred bucks a night. I mean, this is not. Yeah, well, that's that's right. Yeah. What about getting out of town? There must be cheaper places in uh, Rotterdam. Well, we do. So we do have some friends. With so we can probably you know bum off some people and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go to Rotterdam. Hello, is this on? <laughs> You're talking about to to Rotterdam. No, we're not going to go Rotterdam. It's gorgeous. Want, yeah, you don't want to be in Rotterdam. We're Amsterdamers. We don't hang out in Rotterdam. This is not correct. Oh, it's this like is, five minute drive. I mean, no, give me a break. Five minute? No, no. It's like forty minute drive without traffic. It's not a five minute drive. And it's Amsterdam people don't hang out in Rotterdam. This is completely you, you misunderstand how this works. Uh, anyway, so we'll have a, uh, I think it will be good for the show in that regard that we'll have uh, a nice, uh, you know, kind of European flair. Yeah, well, you'll be reading New European news. I'm just saying Rotterdam is a, a third to a 25 to 33% cheaper. Uh, all right, all right. <laughs> it's not, Stop this it. Is, this is not a good idea. Not going to Rotterdam. Uh but anyway, um, so the good news is the rig works. You know, I, I brought the the mobile set, the small mobile set, because I couldn't have like the full, you know, the full on Hot Pockets mobile tour. You know, th- this is the rig that I usually take just on a weekend. Uh, but it sounds like it's doing okay. Knock on wood, and uh, and we'll just have our show as regular, and uh, and it'll be you know we'll we'll have some adventures. I think I guess. <laughs> You will. <laughs> I won't. But it's a little frustrating that, you know, you have this. Here's a sunny apartment. <laughs> oh, that's really. That is. Uh, we, we're kind of expecting that to happen. John's sound card is kind of on the fritz. Yeah, it's, uh, I, it is. It's this new machine cool. has a. But it's kind of like your like your Freddie Mercury. You're like. Well, here. Galileo. Galileo. Here's what you're. Here. <laughs> Here's what's bothering me. I have this really funny one-liner, and then the thing goes dead. I have yeah. to hit that button again. Yeah, it's always going to be on, been, on the punchline. <laughs> I've been hilarious, yes. and you haven't heard a word of it. No, no, that's exactly. But anyway, I so, was just no, I'll go on. So let me just say it's it's rather frustrating to have to go through this experience, and and there is absolutely no 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 two ways about these people. They've got their rules. These little Gestapo Nazis. Uh, and you're going to adhere to them, 
And, you know, you could have a million stamps and paperworks and letters from the queen and whatever. You're not getting it unless unless you do it by their rules. And there is not a single diplomat, diplomat, mind you, who can help. No ambassador, you know, no consul general, no Uncle Don. You know, Uncle Don is like, get a lawyer. (laughs) But the lawyer, the lawyer is like, I can fix this. I can do this. 99.9%. Yeah, okay. sure. Yeah, big yeah. talker. Yeah. Hey, so. is there? There's a little town called Leuward. <laughs> Leuwarder. Yeah. <laughs> Mickey, he doesn't get it, it does he? That entire the- home, entire home. <laughs> He's looking at Airbnb. He's- no, we're not going to go to Leuwarder. There's an entire home. It's a giant house for seventy-seven dollars. This is not a good idea. I'm not liking this at all. It's all right. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We're going to be on the lamb, hiding from the man. <laughs> you and McAfee. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly the same thing, except we haven't been ar- arrested yet. Where is Haushin in Mir Nahi? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We're not going okay. there. Wherever it is, we're not going there. Um, so, so let me tell you. Holy crap! Oh, wait, 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 wait! Stop! Just one more last thing. <laughs> one more house. It's on Tippy Island. It's uninhabited. It's an entire house for sixty-six dollars. Where's this? Tippy Island in Holland. Yeah, uninhabited Tippy Island is what it says. Tippy Island. And then it says Dronten. <laughs> Dronten. Dronten. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. John- <laughs> yeah, Mickey's. You know. Oh wait, wait. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hey, John. I, John, I misread this. It's teepees. Oh, it's, it's teepees. Teepees. <laughs> John. Um, John. Ixnay on the Elpe. You know, it's like. Yeah. Mickey, okay. Well, Mickey's not been, anymore. She's been freaking out for a week, and you know, it's like this. We need a little peace and calm. Okay, okay. I'm just trying to help. Oh boy. So we will obviously have the Hot Pockets uh, European tour. Or something Sorry? like that. We're gonna we're gonna do uh, hot pockets. Yeah, we have yeah. <laughs> we have an option to go uh, visit Mister Oil, who has been very kind uh, to hook us up on the island of Tenerife uh, as John fixes his sound card, which would be uh, which is an op- that is an option for sure, uh, and it's certainly a lot cheaper than uh, than Amsterdam and. Uh, there's a we have an invitation to Vienna. Woo! Yeah. Let me look on Airbnb Vienna. <laughs> hey, look. So let me tell you what's in the news here in Holland. How about that? How about some local okay, news? Yeah. All right. Okay. Some local news. Actually, start the show. Well, the show is starting. Oh. So uh, the the as they got on the plane. Uh, by the way, they made those KLM planes smaller. I think while I wasn't looking. Holy moly. That's that's tight. What carrier? KLM. Oh, yeah, well, they KLM. probably moved it more seats and extra row of oh, seats. Airbus, and I had one of those seats where um, it's off centered from the the row in front. So my left foot was on the, to the left of some like electronic box, and my right foot was <laughs> to the right in my neighbor's space. Yeah, this is not good. Wow. Yeah, yeah it sucks. And, and believe me, your flight ain't cheap when you're booking three days in a, a, a ahead. Ugh. Okay. Um, 
So something horrible happened here. You know, of course, uh, soccer or football is uh, the national sport here, obviously, as we produce uh, many of the world's uh, great footballers. And so there's quite a vibrant uh, weekend, um, you know, semi-professional and amateur competition circuit. There's just every every kid, um, you know, just like Little League here, is they go and they, they play soccer. And uh, this gets pretty... You know, sometimes pretty aggressive. Uh, parents, of course. I'm sure it's the same, like Little, little League. You know, the parents are all beating each other up and stuff. And uh, one of the volunteer referees, after a match where he, uh, where I guess the 15-year-olds who uh, who were playing, the team that, uh, uh, that I think lost, uh, they didn't like a lot of his calls, uh, they wound up kicking him to death. What? Yeah, in the head. Three 15-year-old kids. Now... To add insult to injury, they tried to keep it secret for a couple days. But of course, <laughs> what was this like? Uh, uh, Bernie's uh, vac- <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it's kind of like when you're about to make a bad joke. That's when it kicks in. Yeah, I noticed. And it wasn't a bad joke. I said it was good. They had to prop him up like he was weekend at Bernie's. Well, it wasn't the fact that he was kicked to death. It was the fact that the kids who did it were Moroccan. This is the ah, problem. This is the, this is the problem. This is the big immigration problem that Europe has been dealing with. And the Netherlands is, it's a tinderbox, you know, it's, it's bubbling under and you know, people are getting really, really angry and it's not going to be good. So this is what everyone is talking about. And, uh, you know, of course, uh, the, the, you know, this is Europe, man. Austerity is kicked in. You know, this, this, <laughs> this, there's people like with uh, no work, no, uh, you know, no food. It's cold. There's snow. He has a snow. Yeah, yeah. It snowed last night. They're expecting a lot of snow tomorrow. Mm. Yeah. Now remember, we're coming from Texas. This is a shock. Yeah, yeah. not good. So that's the uh, that's kind of the the big news. And then everyone else has just said that everyone's just pissed off about uh, you know the new government. Uh, well, of course this. It's this the same uh, prime minister, and he uh, basically ran in the election saying, "No, we're you know we're not going to help any more bailouts or any countries. No, we're not going to do that." And of course, they, uh, the Netherlands just contributed significantly to the forty uh, billion euro uh, tranche for Greece. So everyone's like, "Hey, wait a minute! He lied to us." Huh? Yeah, really. Surprise! Surprise. And I'm sure right. as we uh, as we wander around uh, the continent, um, we'll learn a lot more. Um, it'll add a, a, a new flair to the show. So all in all, I don't think it's bad. Uh, Miss Mickey and I will be uh, very cozy together, living in close quarters in the teepee on the island. <laughs> how much was the, how much was the teepee? <laughs> it's actually not just a teepee. It's like a whole village you get that you own. Oh, really? <laughs> we can yeah, go from sixty-six. We can go from TP yeah. to TP, really? Or <laughs> yeah, sixty-six bucks. Are you sure that it's not just one TP and there's other people who have TPs? Well, I'd have to go back. Let me take another look. Mm. It says it's uninhabited, and there's one, two, three, four, five TPs that I can see. Nice. Let's see what it says. <laughs> Accommodates thirteen. Oh, <laughs> L and TPs. <laughs> Yurts. Hey, in the morning to you, John C. Dvorak. 
In the morning to you, Adam Curry, in the morning to all ships and sea boots on the ground, subs in the water, feet in the air, and all the day, knights and dames out there who uh, support the show uh, uh, with uh, religiosity. Yes, and uh, thank you to Nick the Rat, who provided us with our album art on the previous episode, episode 466. This is episode 467 of the No Agenda Show, also known as... The Best Podcast in the Universe! And, uh, that's right. No matter what happens, no matter what goes down, we are here for you, bringing you another fun-packed episode of the program. And uh, do uh, let's see, do we have uh, someone helping us out on our uh, endeavors today? Oh, yes, we do. Ooh, okay, this is good. These are our the Silent Nights. You talk about the producers. Yeah, yeah, I'm my son. Oh, that. Yeah. okay. I'm still here struggling with this thing. Here, let me. I didn't download the spreadsheet yet. Oh, okay. But I'm going. I'm doing that right now as oh, we speak. In well, fact, we, there it is. It's oh, fast. Oh, the machine some, is fast. We can do something. No, else I got it. It's, it's up. No, let's start with our, our producers. Beginning with Wade Ostrander in White Court, Alberta, who uh, has uh, donated, uh, uh, contributed two thousand dollars on behalf of two silent nights. That apparently are secret, and uh, they've only discussed this with you. I have no, no, I have no knowledge of this. Yes, this is um, uh, the Silent Knights have requested uh, that I read a message for their company's answering machine. Oh, and in exchange for that, uh, they both became knights. Okay, okay. How nice is that? That's great. We should do more. Well, this is your voiceover career. Hey, finally, score! I wonder what the residuals are. Yeah, well, maybe another knighthood. <laughs> so we really appreciate that. Of course, there's, there is some true value for value in the deal, but it's uh, it's highly appreciated. Thank you so much, uh, Wade. I have a feeling um, it should be. I think it's. Do they just? Oh, you're not. No, these aren't on the on the air uh, reads. Well, we can do them on the air if we if we want. Um, but I think that you know this is they they really want a professional read for their uh, for their business. Oh, yeah. I see. Okay. It's, it's really, it's really for the for the answering machine. And I, I dialed in and I and I listened to the the messages on there already. You know, it's it's pretty like professional. So you know, they want they, they don't want a joke answering machine. Ah. They, they want to keep business. <laughs> it's like <laughs> okay, uh, uh, push one if you want to hear this message again. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not like that. It's it's really professional. Okay, well, let's go on. Uh, Craig Harms in Wichita, Kansas, is another executive, or executive producer at Five No Karma. He says it's bogated. He's going to Lost Wages, Nevada next week. Wish him luck. Follow me on Twitter, at Greg Harms. Craig. See. <laughs> get go- that? I had to go, yeah, I had to go all the way to Amsterdam for you to have this go down. What, the machine? Yeah. I, I guess over to the laptop, it works better. Um, okay. But we, then we have to go to Skype. Oh, really? Uh, I'd prefer not well, to. Well, because do I don't have a mumble installed on that thing yet. Oh, and I'll tell you, oh, Skype will be horrible. You don't know that. Uh, yeah, I do. Yep. Yeah, well, I you're do. probably right. I do. David, go, uh, go to Twitter and add... Craig Harms, H-A-R-M-S. David Go is a new Lennox, Illinois, 468. Hey, uh, 468 he, member. He, He's early. Yes, it's the magic, yes, for next week. <laughs> he said uh, in advance, 
In Chicago, in the morning to you, wooden fellow, wooden shoe, Adam. Uh, wow. Yeah, this is not going to work very well. I like your new icon. <laughs> so I was just <laughs> so I'm trying to run this uh, this Adele um, Ultrabook, and so when you turn on Skype, the all of a sudden the Dell decides to turn on its camera and the and the camera software. Oh. Of course, I always have I always have a piece of tape over the camera. Of course. It, but meanwhile, it has all these little, you know, it's not, it's just, it, I can't get rid of this thing. And so it finally goes away, but it leaves these, these, uh, these avatars on that actually move when you talk. It doesn't with Skype, obviously, but it does with the, uh, whatever it is that Dell thing is. So I picked the cat and then the, the Skype for some reason said, okay, we'll use the cat. It took this cat and made it my avatar. So <laughs> I like it. It's cute. Yeah. It's very, very funny, actually. Like so, um, here's a question for you. I'm thinking that uh, something is very, very wrong with Putin because, you know, we've been tracking, um, you know, there's a story that we followed up on that apparently, um, you know, when he was coming back from that conference that his uh, convoy was blown up and that's why we haven't seen from him or heard from him and other people are saying, oh, he was flying around with those geese. But the guy is, is basically MIA and he's MIA. And then all of a sudden, everyone gets really, really bold. Make it absolutely clear to Assad and those under his command, the world is watching. The world is watching. The use of chemical weapons is and would be totally unacceptable. And if you make the tragic mistake of using these weapons, there will be consequences and you will be held accountable. I, I love this. I mean... It's all, it matters now how we kill people. Where really the chemical weapons is kind of cool. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like you know you don't ruin buildings. You know you just call the population out a little bit. There's no rubble. You know the the, the people from a different region can move in later on. I mean, why is all of a sudden chemical weapons so incredibly important? Other than it's well, a it's big distract, excuse. big distraction of the week. You know, don't look over here, please. In fact, we should... Uh, don't look over here. Nothing to see here. Ooh, look at that. And then... Well, here... Yes? While you're on this topic, uh, we should, at least I think this whole thing is... Uh, you, are, you brought up two topics at once, right in the middle of the executive producer rundown. Oh, we weren't done yeah. yet. You're right. I'm sorry. But we'll go back to that because let's get the, the Putin thing. There's all these different messages coming out. One says he was practicing dancing or something and hurt his back. <laughs> yeah, dancing on ice. Then they put him on codeine or something. And he said he's strung out, and that's the reason he's acting. So <laughs> I hadn't heard weird. this one. That's, he was on. He was on the Russian Dancing with the Stars, and then he had to get on codeine. On, Is that what happened? Dancing. Oh. He was doing some dancing, and he fell. I like apparently, it. and I hurt like his that. back. Uh -huh. and so that they had to uh, dope him up, and mm. so that's the, when I, I. I still like the plane crash best um no 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 it was the explosion his convoy was blown up that we know that that's the real story when he was coming back from that conference remember 
Oh, right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. That's the yeah, story. Could have been. Yeah, somebody tried to assassinate him. Yeah. So, but anyway, but then on another topic, completely different topic, which is this this chemical weapons thing. This is a scheme to to for an excuse to maybe put some boots on the ground or create a no fly zone. There's something amiss with this because I have three clips on this that are that are all sketchy, and we can start with the first one, which is uh, Carney. Yeah, spokeshole uh, Carney. Carney comes up, and then he has a stooge, and one of the women in the audience asks a question, and then she's supposed to follow up with another question, which he answers, but she doesn't ask. <laughs> Wait a minute. Did someone hand out the wrong script? Is that, is that well, what you're no, saying? He, he, he asked a question himself. The question, I, <laughs> but then it, it, it's, it's kind of funny, but play the Carney oops wrong script clip. Partners on this issue. Chrissy. On those warnings to Assad yesterday, can you say more about what prompted them? What preparations has the administration of Kentucky concerned? I, I would simply say that uh, we closely monitor Syria's uh, proliferation sensitive materials and facilities, and we believe uh, as of now that Syria's chemical stockpiles. A chemical weapons stockpile remains under Syrian control, but we closely monitor them. And I, you know, beyond that, I can't really discuss uh, matters of intelligence. Could you also just say that as the rebels advance, is there concern on part of the administration that yes. uh, weapons of mass destruction could go volatile? Well, I, I, sorry, I said yes before I got to finish your question, and I apologize. Uh, I thought your question was going to be as as uh, the opposition makes advances, uh, do we have concerns uh, about the possibility that the Assad regime, in desperation, might use? Uh, chemical weapons, and the answer to that is yes. Uh, broadly speaking, we have concerns about the disposition of chemical weapons, uh, but as I noted earlier, it is our uh, belief, based on our monitoring, that uh, those weapons remain in control of the Syrian regime. Now, in Hollywood, we call this a very giving actor, because you know, <laughs> clearly she messed up, and then he, you know, he jumped the gun, but no matter what happened there in that little dialogue that was scripted, he jumped on the grenade and took it upon himself. So, uh, bravo. A very yes, good guy. He's quite good. He's, he's great to work with. He's a lovely man to work with. Very, very good, Mr. Carney. So, uh, so the other clip is the, so we're starting to see this show up in CNN and elsewhere, this kind of, you know, this, there's never been any indication, by the way, that, uh, that there's a there's a gas there's anything that's going to happen with gas and and with this report the Syria doomsday scenario report which was on your your buddy on CNN what's her name oh uh, Aaron Aaron Burnett yeah Burnett mm -hmm. she uh, they 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 never say that this has been threatened or they they even have it. they just make it up this is like <laughs> a made up situation and it's very interesting to listen to them make. It from scratch. Our third story out front tonight, breaking news out of the Pentagon. Sources tell CNN the U.S. Breaking is huddling with allies on what chemical attack by Syria's Bashar al-Assad. But notice it's all coming out of the Pentagon, from our Pentagon sources. Assad would actually look like. We have a picture from former CIA operative and CNN contributor Bob Baer here to show you. This is actually showing you what the impact of a single shell of sarin gas would be if it were launched on the western city of Homs in Syria. As you can see, uh, the large swath of the city which would be affected by again a single show shell it's estimated show notice how she stumbles there and says show oh it's a good one oh, right. uh, i mean shell show shell show, show. Oh, show. About sure. eighteen thousand people would be killed in a day let's get straight to see eighteen thousand what kind of number is that Come on, at least throw a 33 in there, Bernadette. Yeah, and really? correspondent, uh, Barbara Starr. And Barbara, what, what have you learned tonight? 
I have a clip from Barbara Starr in a moment that's going to blow your socks off. <laughs> well, you know, Aaron, as tragic and serious as this is for the people of Syria, this now has regional implications, of course, throughout the Middle East. Ah, because of the cloud. Intelligence services from Israel, Turkey, Jordan, Lebanon, all the countries surrounding Syria are now talking with the United States around the clock about this very scenario. Because if there were to be, God forbid, a chemical attack, the concern is some of that could drift across borders worse even as tragic as that would be are you yelling no that's the background that's a noise they're playing wow. what that's if the screaming. regime collapses terrorists move in <laughs> there's a car alarm insurgent yeah. group, groups move in and grab some chemical material they could take it across those borders into those neighboring countries you then have a full-fledged crisis in the region All right, okay so last, no, I, I, okay, we'll play your clip. I got one last clip because there's another script action. Well, no, with, with, let me you know, let me let me interject because after all this happened, I am actually so I'm I'm I fly from Austin to Atlanta, and uh, the plane is delayed. It doesn't leave until eleven thirty at night, and they have CNN on everywhere, and it's breaking news, breaking news, breaking news. Anderson Pooper on the scene. And he has the following report, which then rolls into another Barbara Starr, where she says something that I, actually I can I can, only, I can play half of it. That's really good because she said, basically repeats the thing about the cloud wafting over and everyone's all trippy. But this was the best. Hey, welcome back. We got important breaking news to tell you. It's important breaking news. It's not just any breaking news. Important. Oh, well, there's breaking different news. categories of breaking news. This is important breaking news. Pay attention, slave. Got right now, NBC News is reporting that U.S. officials say their worst fears have been confirmed that the Syrian military has loaded chemical weapons inside bombs. Woo-hoo! NBC says those same officials say that Bashar al-Assad's forces are now awaiting final orders to use those loaded missiles against <laughs> Syria's own people. So, so they got a lot of information. They're waiting for. Now let's switch over to the. NBC report that Anderson Pooper is referring to. Good evening. We begin tonight with an important story. See, important breaking news, important story. So that's where they're cross-pollinating. Details of which may sound very familiar to a lot of Americans. Now, what what they're showing in the background is actual picture of Iraq. Okay? They're showing file footage. It says file footage Iraq. Given our history over the past few years in places like Iraq. Tonight, Pentagon sources are telling NBC News Syria is preparing chemical weapons for their possible use against the Syrian people in the form of aerial bombs. It's believed this specific intelligence is the reason why President Obama took a hard line against Syria just a few days ago, warning them there would be consequences if these weapons were used. Now, let's go back to Pooper. This video posted online, which we we should say we can't independently verify. It's because it's just a picture of some, some pointy things, some sticks, some metal tubes. Purports to show Syrian missiles that have been modified to carry chemical and biological weapon. (laughs) Modified. But wait, it gets better. Wait until Barbara Starr comes in. Now, obviously, this is a sobering development, a situation that seems to be getting worse by the day. Pentagon correspondent Barbara Starr joins me now, along with CNN contributor and former CIA officer Bob Baer, and on the phone, CNN national security contributor Fran Townsend. Barbara, I I know you're working to confirm this NBC report. How much would this development change the situation? I mean, if the U.S. military is going to act to prevent us from, from, from gassing his own people, it, it would seem if they loaded this stuff into weapons, the time to do it would be at hand. 
Well, right now, I can tell you, Anderson, if this t- turns out to be true, even if not, the U.S. military, <laughs> the CIA... Even if it's not true, it's a great story. I'm up here at night. We're having a good time. <laughs> All right. I mean, this is so even much... Not. This is so much bull crap, this. And I. Th- this is why I brought up uh, Putin, because I think, uh, ultimately, the Middle East, if you go back, you know, to the... To the nineteen, if you go back to the days of Churchill, before you know, there wasn't even an Iraq or a Jordan. These are these were all names that were made up much later. Um, it's it's always it, so it was kind of the British imperialist against the Russians, and now it's you know maybe us by proxy. You know our really uh, our special relationship. It's it's basically grabbing the turf from the Russians. I think Putin is out of commission. I think they're weak. And uh, and there's 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 confusion about who's running the show in Russia, and I think that's why. Besides the fact that it's a great time to strike, because you know we've got all this other crap that no one you know that needs to be covered up, like Benghazi. You know we have sick, I think two or three thousand troops on the USS Enterprise. You know parked right off of Syria. I think it's it's just like, hey, Russia's weak. Let's go in. We can nail it now. What do you think? I'm not going to argue that, that that's not a bad theory. They uh, they had they, the thing that's interesting about the clips that you played and, and the clips I was playing is the is the is the comment that uh, at the NBC uh, what's his name uh, Brian Williams Williams says he says this is very familiar to Americans. Yeah, and the reason that's interesting to me because my last clip, which is about the script. Hmm. Because we're looking at scripts here. I mean, this is scripted in every which way, the way we see it. So, let's, way- let's, so tell me about the historical script. The last time this script played out was Iraq. Well, well no, the last time it played out was in Libya. Oh, of course. Because with, with if, you Gaddafi, to yes. th- if you yeah. listen to this script, you're going to get the the common element, which they always bring in. That's what's very familiar. Here we go again. Fledged crisis in the region, Aaron. Now, there has been talk that Bashar al-Assad may try and seek asylum. What are you being told about that and the possibilities? Well, you know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of rumors out there. Um, <laughs> the, the betting... That's what our network runs on. <laughs> ...money is that the three countries that you hear about the most are Russia, Venezuela, and Iran, all countries that have been his allies, although the Russians clearly uh, are losing their, some of their support for Assad, given this recent crisis with the chemical weapons. So those are the countries you hear about. Now, the assessment is that Assad isn't ready to go. Uh, the U.S. says they haven't seen anything in terms of concrete asylum offers, but you know, the U.S. is happy to let it be out there as a rumor. Maybe Assad's commanders will think the boss is getting cold feet and might desert them. Oh, all right, Barbara Starr, thank you very much. Right. Up front next, 57%. Right. Shut up, shut up. Barbara Starr, she's in there for somebody. She's like the representative. It's funny this because like, she actually looks like Ringo Starr's sister. <laughs> I can't remember what she looks like. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> Imagine funny. Ringo Starr with breasts. No, I just really have an image I just can't deal with. <laughs> yeah, the, deal with it. Deal with it, my friend. <laughs> so uh, so we have the same scenario. It's a reset, a reboot. Mm-hmm. It's a, Americans are very familiar with it. Mm-hmm. And so they're running the same game. And I can just imagine Assad going... What are they talking about? We haven't got any <laughs> missiles poised. What? I'm gonna? I'm seeking asylum. Are they kidding? Said, no, boys. I'm not. I don't even talk to these people. No. 
Yeah, Venezuela. I mean, they're making up countries. There's always something. You Notice know, the same thing with uh, Gaddafi. He was seeking asylum. It was going to be Venezuela. Right. No, he, no, he, no, he was next door. Something in South America. No, remember, remember, it was. Um, you called it. It was. Um, what was it right next door? And uh, his, half his family showed up there. Oh come on, man! You actually—I remember you calling it what, on Morocco. No, 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 no. no Algeria. Look at the Algeria. Yes. Yeah, Algeria. Yeah, it was rumored to be in Algeria. Yeah, we supposedly everybody. In fact, if you remember, when they already caught the, the the two sons, that they were supposedly out of the country. The wife right. was someplace else. Right. I mean, we had this with Assad's wife. She was supposedly she's supposedly in Russia, but I think we saw her recently in Syria. You know, living it up on the Riviera that they have. Yeah, all, all I know is I keep seeing pictures um, of her with the you know the Assads with Brad and Angelina, um, with uh, uh, Carrie and Teresa Hines. I mean, this is this is a replay of the script because if you look at Gaddafi, go you know just Google some pictures. Everybody's hanging out with Gaddafi. Everybody's his bestest buddy until you know until he you know screwed over the French on the arms deal, and because they sent him refurbished weapons, he's like, screw that, I'm not paying. And they went, oh really? And you know, and then he re- and then he wanted to nationalize all the oil. I mean, this is exactly what's going on. No, I think. Um, I think that uh, I, I, I just to me it feels like there's a Putin thing that 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 is the problem because all of a sudden yeah. you know this is we're, why are we so bold right because this has yeah, been why, the problem why is all this the chemical weapon thing it's first emerged crap. a couple of months ago and then it died mm-hmm. and now it's in full force as though reports from the Pentagon they, they, right. they don't have anybody on the feet on the ground over there boots on the ground that, that knows anything whereas the and then only- they show, show pictures. Of these missiles, what are they? You can't just take a missile and knock the top of it off and shove in some <laughs> Modifi- gas. It's called modifying. Hold on a second. <laughs> it's modified. Let me just. I've just got some sarin gas. I'm going to put. Let me screw. John, unscrew the top. Unscrew the top. We're putting the sarin in. The only country that uses chemical weapons on its own people is here in the United States. We do it on to college students. Okay, in Berkeley. We spray them with pepper spray, actual chemical warfare against our own people. We do that for to occupiers. That's that's we do that. Well, they do in Greece too. They've actually been doing it all over Europe. Right. Uh, anyway, so yeah, this whole thing is a yeah is an upcoming fiasco, which is just going to get worse by the minute. And you might be right about Putin. I mean, he may be completely out of commission, and he might not make a comeback. And the next thing you know, they're going to have a real another election. They're going to have a real, they have a real problem. Now, there's something else that happened, um, and this is uh, also coming out of the State Department. As you know, the woman uh, who used to work directly for uh, Lucifer Hillary Clinton now runs Amnesty International, and Amnesty comes out with a report which the BBC was happy to come through on about Yemen. It's being called a human rights catastrophe by Amnesty International, the horrifying story of an armed militia group carrying out public executions and other atrocities in Yemen. The war crimes are said to have taken place in Yemen's southern Abyan region between February of last year, that's 2011. Now this is interesting because this is the southern region not the northern region where we've been droning all the time. So this is something new. June this year. The fierce fighting was between government forces and the militia group Ansar al-Sharia, which is linked to al-Qaeda. The Amnesty International report says the group carried out amputations, floggings, public killings, and even uh, crucifixions. (laughs) Amputations, floggings, and even crucifixions? I mean... 
I'm surprised. Where's, where's the video? Well, I, I mean, I'm surprised they didn't. They should lay this on Assad. This is good stuff. This is this is a new scriptwriter in town. Crucifixions? Yeah. Seriously? They're, they're na- yeah, so I the like Muslims that. are nailing up people to crosses? Is this really what's happening? Am I supposed Seems to believe unlikely. this? <laughs> Seems very is this, unlikely. Is this really tr- an amputations? <laughs> Beheadings make sense, but no. Um, so I will say that um, gunmen attacked an oil pipeline near the Gulf of Aden, which is uh, in the south. So maybe this is some retaliation, or we need some reason to go in and, and drone these guys, these poor saps. We're probably just, you know, and that's 8,000 barrels of crude a day. Is that a lot? Seems like a lot. Is that that's, a, that's a pretty decent uh, pipeline, right? Uh, it's, just, it's not really that big, but yeah. But yeah. I think all these, none of these pipelines are really that, they're just, it's just constant, you know. Right. I don't know what the, I have to look at the Wait, rate. Well, you, well, you know what's in the Gulf of Eden, don't uh, Aden. Yeah, the 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 uh, Stargate. starfish, Stargate. Uh, thing. Stargate, starfish, the Stargate, exactly. It's the Stargate. Stargate, so that you can replenish it with more fish. <laughs> That's the Stargate. Let's go back to, let's go back to our executive producers yeah. and All right. wrap, wrap them up. We had Craig Harms in Wichita, Kansas. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> That's not good. No. David goes a new Lennox, uh, Illinois, four six eight in the morning. Uh, he's also uh, apparently a fellow wooden shoe. Uh, oh, so, some, so his his name would be Hoos. Yeah, Hoos. Oh, you said yeah. goes. So it, would be, it says goes. Oh, I'm sure he's pronounced well, goes he, here. You, no, I'm sure that he runs around saying, Hello, I'm David Hoos. Okay, well, maybe he does run around. Greetings from Gitmo Nation South. I think 468 may be a bit premature, but I call it my preemptive Iranian contribution. Uh, on the last show, Adam, you said you uh, watched three hours of congressional autism hearings and you had some clips and then you, say, you got sidetracked. Yeah. WTF, as the resident crackpot autism dad of Gitmo Nation and father to the spinning night, uh, I have to say I need some coverage of this bull crap. So I and eight, eight kids. Yeah. So I um I downloaded the three hour and eighteen minute recording, and I will have time uh, during my stay in lovely chilly uh, lowlands uh, to find it was I I I watched a lot of it and it was just funny because. It's just all the stuff we know about, all the stuff that you know that they're pushing on us. The DSM five, you know, your kid, if your kid walks on his tiptoes, you know, you, you get him on some drugs. So you know, it's not like there's really any shocking information. But I will, I commit to um, uh, putting anything out there that I find that is new or interesting, other than um, all the people in the hearings are in the um, back pocket of the pharmaceutical companies, and their entire intent is to get your kid on drugs. Yeah, well, that's pretty much the whole intent of the medical industry. In the meantime, he says, on my last rent, I didn't ask for karma, but you gave it to us anyway. Thank you. Since then, my wife and her business partner's book, Thinking Mom's Revolution, has been picked up and will be released for publication in March, April of 2013. Thanks for the unsolicited karma. In response, please give the Who's clan. Uh Aha, there you Uh go. Uh-huh. An orange-clad speed-skating round of shut-up slaves and some get-well <laughs> karma for my pop, who is a Notre Dame grad and a big Notre Dame football fan recovering from a bout of illness in the pharma hospital. Uh-huh. Go Irish. All righty. Shut up, slave. You've got karma. And uh, when I get back, let's make sure when the book is out, we get uh, we get the girls on the big book show. I'd love to interview them about that after I've read there it, of go. course. But I'm sure it's going to be a great book.
Let's send us copies, autographed. Chris Eisbach in Cheshire, Connecticut, also an executive producer with 42042. Today's my birthday, and I turned the magical 42. Yay! The answer to life, the universe, and everything, so I'm making a 42-inspired donation, which should put me quite close, but just short of a knighthood. I'm saving that little bit to find out what the next knight award will be in 2013. Hey, you you better it. hurry, because you know we have until the 21st, and then we're all dead. If you want to what he still says. S- he says yeah. we have to worry about that. I'd like to call out our whole government as douchebags. Douchebag. Plus two to the head, which is more than most of them deserve for taking us to the cliff. <laughs> I'd also like to ask for a bit of karma to help enter the new year unscathed. Well, I'm thinking I can do a nice little combo for him here. So why don't we... Hey. Well, that's weird. Hmm. <coughs> oh no, I got it. Ah, you know, it's t- I got the mo- the mobile rig here, so. <laughs> You've got karma. I think it was worth it. Andrew uh, Lasemini in Colorado Springs, Colorado, three six nine six nine. Also an executive producer in the morning. I apologize for my long absence, but I've always wanted to be a producer. And I was three six nine six nine from knighthood. For someone so fond of the swazzle hoof, <laughs> swazzle hoof. <laughs> I couldn't think of a better time to boil some kibble and save a few shekels. I'm a big fan of numerology, and for others that are interested, I recommend Mary Leeds at Ma- Mary Leeds thirty three. Marty, Marty, I'm sorry, Marty Leeds at Marty Leeds thirty three dot com. You go there. Yeah. For those not interested in numbers uh, that still like to read, I wrote a trashy epic novel using memes to unite instead of divide us and as much NLP as a young novice could muster. This book will rewrite your brain to be kind, brave, and wise. It's called The End of Marvelous, and you can uh, harness the power of the inner tubes. It was found at mandrewjones.com, also Amazon, and he wants to be on your show. Uh-huh. Um, he was the best podcast universe. He means the smartest podcast universe. He wants a WTC seven for Richard Andrew Grove. And while you're at it, uh, some book karma for the end of Marvelous. WTC seven won't go away. You've got karma. I just I just want to point out that even though I'm on the road, I have not slept in days. I'm I'm like banging out the donation jingles here. <laughs> Wade Deming would like one. He's in Anchorage, Alaska. Three, 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 three. He'll be our uh, executive producer for today's show too. He wants no agenda QSL cards. Use episode <laughs> art for the specific donation day. Collect the whole set. Seventy three. <laughs> I think that's a fine idea. I think I think we yeah. should totally do QSL cards. Excellent. Yeah, we QSL cards. <laughs> Paul Schneider in Edmonton, Alberta. Two six nine six nine. Associate executive producer. Pre- Please credit me as Paul Schneider. Merry Christmas and thanks for the show. E B E L L C Morrisville, North Carolina, two 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 two. Hoping to make this an in-person donation Saturday morning, but I parted way too soon on the San Antonio Riverwalk Friday Oops. night after the Rush concert. Oh boy! I, however, made it to, into a Halcyon a couple of days oh, ago. Oh yeah, he sent me a note and he got a burrito. Yeah, yeah so Halcyon is where I normally hang out on, on Saturdays after the market. The burrito. Uh, but he came late, so I'd already, I, I was already gone. I mean, I think he went like late night or whatever. I'm, I'm there for lunch what? and the bottomless so he, mimosas. From Westville, North Carolina, he's never had a burrito. Yep. He's in Raleigh, actually. Yes. Uh, come out to San Francisco and get the Mission Burrito, the classic. Uh, Rodney, if, if you want, if you want to be walking around like yeah, you have a brick in your stomach. Washington. 
Well, you don't have to eat the whole thing at once. Although the, the crazy thing about some of this Mexican food out here is you can't stop eating it when you start. Like you get a couple of enchiladas and you eat and all these beans and stuff, and you do. You get horror. It's horrible. You're, you just don't feel good. <laughs> Rodney E. Gravenstein, or Gravenstein, one of the two, checking in from Seattle. Keep up the good work. One donation away from knighthood, skipping episodes to keep up for your wise words of wisdom. A little clippity clop, too delicious. Karma seems to be in order. Can't wait for a ring to really have the sting of freedom on the cheeks of sheeple in the world around. Hot wax in the face from the best podcast in the universe. You are um, really starting to break up a little bit, but we'll see how long it lasts. It's almost too delicious to believe, my friend. You've got karma. And that's it for our executive producers for show 467. I want to thank them all and remind everybody to go to Dvork.org slash NA uh, to keep the show up and running. And uh, from the sound of it, hopefully we'll keep it up and running. You were like, it's, it's almost like you're on 80 meter band and you're fading fast as conditions are going away. Dvork.org slash NA. Hey, whatever you do, help us out by propagating our formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. <laughs> Whoops! There we go. Little slippage of the finger there. Late at night. Are you there? Yeah. Okay. Now you're really, like, weak. Your signal is weak, sir. And uh, I'm losing a lot. I have the dipole up, and uh, we'll be. Uh, <laughs> I'm a ham rig here. Let's, I, let's reconnect real quick. I gotta tell you, yeah. All right, let's reconnect real quick. Yeah, like that's gonna help. No, I mean I can hear myself. It doesn't matter if you can hear yourself because no, you don't. When it's this loud. Oh, what do you mean? Well, I can turn this down a little bit. Is that better? Is it, I turn this down. Let me test. That's a little better. Hello? Where, what were you? What were you discussing? I have no idea. <laughs> let's look at the. Let's just do some clips. Yeah. So um, while you were setting up the uh, uh, the mumble, which is uh, definitely a better sound, um, I got uh, Miss Mickey uh, handed me a plate of bitter balls. Are you familiar with the bitter ball concept? I never heard. I never don't know what you're talking about. Um, in in Holland, have you ever had a croquette? Uh, probably. Yeah. So the croquette is kind of like a, a, a long version of the bitter ball, and the bitter ball is just a round ball version of the croquette, and it's really really nice. <coughs> so why? why don't so why don't you set up a clip so I can take a bite because I haven't eaten in two days. Uh, let's see. Well, I got a, a, a seven-minute clip. No. <laughs> no, no, no. Just do just do something relevant to today's show. We don't need any seven-minute clips. So here is. Uh, well, here's a funny clip. This is the, this is a minor issue that took place this week when uh, some some guy in a football game, uh, Bob Costas, made some commentary about this. A football player had shot his girlfriend and then gone over to the stadium where he works. Thank the coach for helping him, and then shot himself in the head. Right, and, and, so and this, but wait a minute! All the mainstream media is on this story, and you're bringing this into the best podcast in the universe. There must be a very good reason for this. Yes, because Lawrence O'Donnell, who is oh. a douchebag 
par excellence. He decides to make some commentary on this, and I it was a, and he makes this crazy conclusion. It, it's like this jaw dropping. Why do any? Why does anybody listen to these people on MSNBC if this is their idea of an, an analysis of the situation? I mean, you just you, you just have to play it. Stealth bombers, uh, predator drones, tanks, and nuclear weapons. I, for one, played enough football in high school and watched enough football for years after that to be done with football a long time ago. But I'm glad that Bob Costas and Jason Whitlock aren't done with football. I'm glad they were there this weekend to speak to the football world about the biggest thing that happened in football this weekend. And for Mike Huckabee, Herman Cain, and the don't blame the gun crowd... Mike Lupica had this question today in his column. How many home runs would Babe Ruth hit without a bat? <laughs> what? What, is, what, yeah. is that, what does that even mean? <laughs> How many of these bitter balls would you eat without a mouth? Or with no mustard. The black crow I mean, flies at dawn. What the hell is, M- what is MSNBC thinking? This is crazy. And, and that, believe me, I didn't edit that. There was nothing done. This nah, that's that crazy. ended just with that. That's crazy. Well, anyway, well, you know, so, so, you so there was some. Uh, I did before I left. I did catch some pretty outrageous stuff. So there was, um, you know, the, the, we've talked about this many times on the show. The United Nations has all of these crazy treaties that they want us to ratify. So we have the Law of the Sea Treaty, which uh, is having a hard time even getting to a vote. Uh, to be ratified, we have the the Rule of the Children Treaty. That's not the actual name of it, but where you know you can't discipline your child, and the United Nations you know gives, basically makes the children the boss over the parents. We've read some of that legislation here on the show, and the most recent one um, was the UN legislation about um, against uh, discrimination of disabled people, and. It, 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 to me, I, I need to bring out this analysis for people who are listening to us who are you know, not in the United States of Gitmo Nation. This was a setup, as far as I'm concerned, and, and John Stewart, shame on you. He did like 10 minutes on this. A setup to get people to not, fo- not, not, or not focus on the fact that there's no reason for us to be ratifying UN uh, uh, treaties. There's no reason at all. I read the entire treaty. I have a, a copy ah, in the show notes. I have a clip, and by the way, I'm glad you read the treaty. Because there's nothing, it's like, it's like, so what? It's like, you, you could replace the word um, uh, um, disabled person with human being. It was basically a human rights treaty, you know, about human rights. The only thing it was missing was, it, the only thing that it missed was, um, disabled people shall be allowed to use the internet. I mean, it was like it was like, what is this? Who gives a? Let me, let me play the the bull crap, and then I want to hear your clip. I'm very interested. So I'll start off with O'Donnell, who was. I mean, the the, the way these guys were laying it on was just baffling to me. In the United States, I, well, do, before you do, wait, wait, back, stop. Yeah, I want to say that I have exactly the same take as you on this. This thing is befuddling. And why is the left and, and all these MSNBC people, what is, why are they so into this when it's just, I, I agree, well, what's the, we, don't, we don't have to sign any of these things. I mean, we have our own laws about I'm telling disabled. you why, we have the, because we have Americans to, for disabled. 
that we have to shame everybody. To shame, and the word shame, shame. is big on this one. Shame, shame the Republicans, who? the Senate, whoever. Are, it's, it's whoever is just shame everybody so that the next time when a really important one comes up that actually has some language that means something. I'm not saying that this, the, the disabled treaty doesn't mean anything, but it's like it doesn't affect us either way. You know, we we have very good laws, uh, and we don't need to sign on to this bullcrap UN stuff. But I think what it means is, oh, can you get that love? Thank you. I think what I, it I, means I, is, I, is prepping people so that we don't. Uh, you know, I, 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 what? I, I kind of like your theory and ba- basically, but. It seems to me that there, I, I don't believe that. I think there is something screwy about this or some t- little hidden tidbit. Or no, some, no, John, I read the whole thing. sovereignty thing. No, or, no, 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 nothing. The only reason right. not to sign it is because there's no reason to sign it. Because once you start signing treaties, well, then let's do the Internet Freedom Treaty. Let's do the, the Law of the Sea Treaty. Let's do the, the, the Rights of the Children Treaty. And why don't we just, why don't we, in fact, you know what? We don't need the Senate. Let's just have the United Nations run everything. That's the point. Well, that, okay, go on, play the clip. Here's O'Donnell's. Was such a day, a day of shame, shame. and sadness. Shame. Sadness. John Kerry, in his role as chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, was leading the Senate as the floor manager of a treaty. By the way, floor manager is a universal television term. For the guy who's running the show on the floor, so he can talk yeah, to the, the director up in the, the booth. Cameras, yeah, yeah. yeah like, okay, and three, the- two, one, and you're on. On the other side of the aisle, the senior Republican on the Foreign Relations Committee rose, okay. not in opposition, but in support <laughs> of that same treaty. Richard Lugar and John Kerry got 61 votes in the Senate today for ratification of a United Nations treaty on the rights of the disabled, which was modeled on a law passed by the Senate. 20 Two years ago, the Americans with Disabilities Act. In effect, it was a vote to export American law to the 155 nations around the world that have signed this treaty, a treaty that has already been ratified by 126 of those countries, including the United Kingdom, France, Germany, China, Russia has ratified it. Now, you can pass anything in the Senate with 60 votes except treaties, which require 66, a two thirds majority. Every Democrat voted for the treaty, and only eight Republicans voted for the treaty. Thirty-eight Republicans disgraced themselves and disgraced the Senate by voting against it and controlling the outcome. So that's O'Donnell, and then we have, so that's kind of the Republican left side, uh, the Democrat left side, um, the progressive douchebag. Now here's the right-hand side, uh, Morning Joe, with Joe Scarborough, who is the right-hand side, saying pretty much the same thing. Years now, it is scar tissue that slowly but surely builds up. We're good, decent, yeah. hard-working Americans see what's going on in Washington, D.C., and they're not even ideological. And they go, wait a second, we have wounded warriors here, yeah. we have American <laughs> heroes, we have people that have devoted their entire life to try to help other wounded warriors across the globe. Did he say devoted or voted their entire... I think he said voted their entire life. Let me listen again. Their entire... Ah, shoot. Hold on. 
We have wounded warriors here. Yeah. We have American <laughs> heroes. We have people that have voted their entire lives. <laughs> he, says, he says voted, doesn't he? They I vo- think he's. I think it just was. A, I think it just, just came out wrong. Up. Okay. Oh, to yeah. try to help other wounded warriors across the globe. Yeah, they did had like people in wheelchairs, and but it's unnecessary. We, we have the most incredibly friendly laws for uh, disabled people. Uh, disabled citizens, we, you know, it, it makes no. To me, really, John, the only reason is is to say our government doesn't work. Look at how great the world government is. Maybe just have the UN do everything. They've got all the great treaties. Shame, I, I, shame. I, 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 th- I think that's part of it. I think uh, there's maybe also, also something more sinister, which is to keep more of our uh, disabled overseas in office jobs and various. <sighs> I didn't, John. Places I read make, this thing really carefully. No, but, but here, here's this is kind of play my clip, and then there is All this right. explanation. What I just said is kind of again the left says it, but they Which, say it. Uh, uh, you got to give me a hint on the clip. Just here. says Which disability on it. Treaty. Uh, disability. Oh well, that's a clue. He argued yesterday well, on the floor. <clears throat> I and many of my constituents, including those who homeschool their children or yeah. send their children to <laughs> private or religious yeah. schools, have justifiable doubts that a foreign UN body, a committee operating out of Geneva, Switzerland, should decide what is in the best interest of the child at home with his or her parents in Utah or in any other state in our great union. Oh my God! Well, it's, it's, let me go. Let me go to Ted Kenny on that center. Just for a minute, Ted, you you had a, you have a disability. You lost a leg to cancer years yes, ago. You've yes. been. I've always admired how you've handled it. What does it mean to somebody's disabled disability? To an American, for example. Well, I think that for um, for disabled Americans, uh, we feel that the Republican Party have really turned their backs um, because what this treaty does, as Senator Kerry, who by the way has been our champion on this and so many issues, and I commend uh, Senator Kerry as well as Senator Luger and the eight Republican. Senators who bucked the trend of, of an incredible pressure uh, by the extremists in the in the in the right wing of this party to somehow mischaracterize this treaty. The treaty is simple. It simply says that uh, disabled Americans, including disabled American veterans, are afforded the same rights overseas as they are here in, at home. Which is why. Now. I, I'm, I'm not buying any of this. This, this by, to by me, the way, did yeah. you notice his a little? Is I, I think it was an intentional flub. No, I missed where, that. Where he pronounced the word extremist as extremist. <laughs> no, I did. I missed that. You didn't know? I thought you'd catch. <laughs> no, that sure. no, 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 no. Well, I'm also following along with uh, people in the chat room with their opinions, and uh, but I don't think this had this has nothing to do with homeschool. It just purely. To me, it, it's just, why do we have to ratify anything from the United Nations? And and I read through this thing. You know, you know me. I love this stuff. I'm like, okay, there's something great in here. It's like, no, it was basically well, exactly the same thing that that is our law. And it's just like, it's like recognizing that, believing in, you know, so that we all agree well, it, that. Yeah, well, big deal. Yeah. Well, here's the point. Here's here's what gets me. I mean, it is a sovereignty play, but. Does anybody really expect to be a ramp up the Eiffel Tower for somebody in a wheelchair, which this law would require if it's going to be the same as what we have in this country, the Americans with Disabilities Act, which is why all these ramps are everywhere? You know, you can't, if there's stair steps, you have to have a ramp. 
Uh, and so we do. We have them all over the place, especially in California where there's even more extreme laws. And we have a very amenable to the disabled in California. But does anybody really expect the Europeans to follow any of this stuff that we do? Well, I just don't see Well, it. the Eiffel Tower does have wheelchair accessibility up to the second level. So you can get up there. Can't get to the top. <laughs> no, no, no. You can't. Get, you can't get to the top. I don't think what you about could. The, what about the roof of the Notre Dame? I yeah. Mean, well, how about the a, Washington uh, Monument? While we're at it, then I mean that's bullcrap. Well, that's, that, 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 that's not. It. It's just we know that there okay, are treaties well, I think, out. I think that, I, uh, look, this is the only thing that, that I can say is we know there are treaties out there that we have discussed that have things in there that are not, not necessary. And I'm not even talking about a sovereignty. It's just not even advantageous to us. The whole. Internet freedom thing. Screw off with that. You know, we don't need to have any... I don't want the United Nations telling us what we can and can't say on the Internet. You know, that's that goes against our definition of freedom of speech. Because you can't uh, talk bad or poorly about other religions, according to the United Nations. So, I think the whole point is, you know, hey... You horrible, shameful people, I can't believe that you voted against uh, invalids, which is where the word comes from, invalids of the disabled, and uh, therefore you better you know look sharp on the next treaty or we'll shame you again. That's, that's yeah, the only... It, it, do it on a, a one that's not important. and Because you know, I heard her, Hillary talking about uh, Law of the Sea just the other day. She's bringing it up again. So it's there's something going on with that. Well, this whole thing is a, is pretty thematic. Uh, this they on MSNBC that substitute guy for Rachel Maddow, whose name I can never remember. The guy with the funny glasses, mm. uh, the fast talking guy, I kid. Don't know. Oh, he, yeah, I don't watch. They had <laughs> they had a, a little discussion on the marijuana bill, and we can play that. And by the way, the clip is I think a minute or two. But it goes on for 10 minutes, and then I, I have to make a comment on, on the thing after you play the short part of the clip. Tony DeCopel, senior writer at Newsweek and the Daily Beast and author of the recent Newsweek cover story, The New Pot Barons. Great to have you, Tony. Thank you uh, for having me. All right, so this is a statement out of the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Western District of Washington, which, which kind of highlights exactly the issue here. The statement reads, In enacting the Controlled Substance Act, Congress determined that marijuana is a Schedule I controlled substance, regardless of any changes in state law including the change will go into effect on December 6th in Washington State, blah, blah, blah. He goes on to say, basically, members of the public are advised to remember it remains against federal law to bring any amount of marijuana onto federal property, including all federal buildings, national parks, forests, military installations, and courthouses. This is an indicator, right, of what is going to happen when this titanic clash has been set up between the state of Washington, what its voters have duly chosen, and what the federal government says is illegal. Absolutely. That, that's either a rogue U.S. attorney or it's a trial balloon from the Obama administration. And I, I think more likely it's a trial balloon because Obama himself has said, look, I'm the president, but I can't legalize marijuana because Congress has outlawed it. Uh, either way, it is a trial balloon in the sense that it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to have a chilling effect on the evolution of the industry in Washington. I mean, the governor of the state, the Regulators, when they get together to hash out the structure of the market, they are conspiring to break federal law. They are committing a crime. Right. So how, do, how is that going to play out? I mean, in both these states, you have, um, you know, basically the law says they're going to they're have legalized marijuana growth and distribution and regulated. Um, can any of that even take place unless there is some resolution from the federal government about how they're going to treat it? All right. 
But by the way, when I'm blowing my nose, it's not on the air. You're just hearing it through the mic. <clears throat> so uh, this goes on for another 10 minutes of the same kind of debate. Not once, <clears throat> not once, and they'll never mention this on MSNBC, do they ever discuss the Tenth Amendment, the rights of the state to pass these sorts of laws, and, and why isn't the anti-drug uh, law part of the Constitution? It's essentially illegal for the federal government, based on the Constitution, to have these laws in the first place. This is, it's up to the states. They never discuss this. They just go back and forth about what Obama wants and what he can and cannot do, which is also <laughs> bogus because he could minimize enforcement. He said, we're not going to enforce these laws. It, it, he could do it at the drop of a hat. He promised he was going to do it when he was elected in 2008. Didn't do it. <clears throat> He's instead sent the, the mad dogs out to California. So this is all bull crap. And these these left wingers, they just get, are beside themselves, not fair. Well, what's, why is Obama on our side? He's not well. He has no choice. He has to enforce these laws, I and mean, he's already not enforced numerous laws that are federal laws. So this this whole thing and the Tenth Amendment issue is again part of this. Let's just federalize. Let's make a national government. Screw the states, and this is what it's all leading to. Yeah. Anyway, so well, hello. This is the basic and then, premise. And then let's just give it over well, to the United Nations. Exactly. Since that's a fractal. That's a fractal. Exactly. So you have the states to the central government, just like we have Europe, where everyone here uh, has given up all their control and their sovereignty. No, I'm sorry, they're pooling their sovereignty with Brussels. Uh, that all leads up into, I guess, North American Union or whatever. You know, we we joke about it, but you know, we're going to be like 71 day, and we're going to like, hey, crap. Strike that one out of the red book. We knew it was going to happen. You know, it, it literally is is coming true. But the programming that is, you know, so you're pointing out such a good, uh, something so obvious but so good to reiterate it is when you just gloss over all of that, the programming is in on these people. In fact, didn't I read the report that Rachel Maddow and... Someone out there were all getting a private briefing from the president. Oh, wait, Here wait, hold on a second. Sharpton, <laughs> Maddow. O'Donnell. And O'Donnell. They got like a private briefing from the well, president? No, they got their, they got their walking orders. And yeah. here's the clip that oh, got, got that? me. Cool. This was a, a few days before that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, let's see. Secret tape. Where's the one with Maddow? She is bitching and moaning about the Petraeus uh the, the leaked Petraeus tape where some woman who works for Fox makes Secret the claim Secret tape that, analysis? Is that the one? Yeah, that must be it. Here, play this, and then I'll discuss Maddow and what, what a hypocrite she is. Since this audio recording is rather salacious news, but buried under all... Wait, was I flying and I missed some sex tape? Oh, give me the background. <laughs> what did I miss? Okay. You missed? Oh, no. Okay, oh, no. I missed the sex tape from Petraeus with, yeah. with that hot babe with, with, with Paula? <laughs> really? Oh, God yeah, damn. Yeah, he howls. He howls when he... No. Anyway, so, uh, no. What happened was they had done an interview in 2011, before uh-huh. while he was still in Afghanistan, with Fox. Uh-huh. And this woman, uh, whose name is... You can type in tape and figure out what her name is. She's interviewing him for an hour, and then she let the tape running. At the end, and she starts talking to me. You know, uh, Roger Ailes would like to make sure that you don't take any other jobs because they think that you should run for president. This is in 2011, mm-hmm. and 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 uh, and she's just blowing smoke. And he's saying, "Yeah, right. I don't care." Just to summarize, yeah, Val. You know, I like Roger. He's a good guy. He's a sharp guy. And they, they mentioned that a little bit here too. And this is the second part. I'm not going to play. I didn't 
clipped. I have the first part, but it's kind of boring, to be honest about it. And it's just basically she's going on and on, and he's saying, I don't think so, essentially. And then and he says, and she says, well, can you at least have a meeting with him? And I got that part on this tape. And he says, yeah, I'll have a meeting with him. He's a really smart guy. Oh, he's a great guy, she says, knowing the tape's running, and he's going to end up hearing it, which is kiss ass. Mm-hmm. So the whole thing goes on. And then Rachel goes off the deep end about, oh, this is, shows you how Fox is in bed with the Republicans, and they're trying to trying to vet candidates for the Republican Party. Then two days later, she's in the White House getting her marching orders from Obama. <laughs> so what it a, was what a f- phony. It was ludicrous. Well, Kathleen T. McFarland. Yeah, who cares who, what she says? Who kind of looks like a little milfier version of uh, Paula. You know what? These people, you know, they're all criminally insane. They, you know, they got motorcades, they got, you know, they got whores, whores, whores everywhere, I'm telling you. They just got hookers and blow, and, you know, I don't, I don't even think they're capable of, of selling weapons and, and, and running and anything. The, they're just, they're the, just buying servers and, uh, and, and spending money and, and blowing each other. There's, there's nothing going on but just I, I waste of money whole, and sex. Whole- this whole tape was her flirting with him, to be honest about it. But anyway, yeah. play this and then hear Maddow go on and on. That salaciousness. There is also something newsworthy here. Not just because the whole thing is you know, juicy and weird and about a residual sex scandal and then a weird part of the paper and about a weird part of the media and a weird part of the Republican Party. If you listen to the rest of the tape, what you ultimately get to is General Petraeus turning down this very kind offer from the Fox News chairman to run for president and have Fox News support him all the way. But in the way he politely turned down Roger Ailes' advice, General Petraeus said something that I think might be very important about how the U.S. government works now and why a man such as himself might want a particular job in Washington at a time like this. This, listen to this part of the tape. This is where General Petraeus makes his argument for why not just the Joint Chiefs Chairman job would be a good job, but why in particular running the CIA would be a really good job to get. For the hookers! <laughs> wait, before you play the rest, wait. She also, she does this thing, and she does it commonly when she's doing her news reporting. She says, Roger Ailes asked him this, and and... Murdoch asked him, no, he, neither one of those two guys were in the room. It was this woman that was saying she was representing the other people, but she doesn't present it that way. She says, when Roger Ailes made him the offer. Hey, John. We don't know that he made him an offer. John, you get, you get, you're, getting, you're getting really worked up about this Maddow person. All right, go on. Uh, I'm going to cut you right. off, man. I, we, I'm not going to let you talk about her anymore. You're, you're getting really upset, and she's not worth it. A lot of what we do in the future, believe it or not, in Libya right now, perhaps, um, is, is what that organization can do. We're going to be retrenching militarily. Again, you can take big budget cuts, and it's going to be you know, all about, it's going to be the post. Sort of the, right. Okay. Let me, without even hearing the rest, let me paraphrase. Um, there's going to be so many budget cuts in defense, it's better to be in the CIA because it's all secret. We can staff up and drone everybody from there. Is that paraphrasing? Well, no. Oh. But that's what he's, it says. No, it's, I mean, I'll give you the paraphrase. He says the, exactly what you said the first part. The second part was the CIA. He says the intelligence community, on the other hand, is a growth industry. <laughs> exactly. It's a growth industry. That's what I'm saying. It says we're all yeah, well, he didn't, he did, But he didn't put the, 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 the kind of corrupt aspect into the play. <sighs> On. They're all corrupt. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I just can't handle any more talk about that. 
Can I talk about some legislation that I read? Yeah, I want you to do that. Okay, it but, falls and under. Then I get to talk about the fiscal cliff. <laughs> I actually have a, a clip myself, a cliff clip. But first, Monsanto. This is uh, my buddy Chad, there, uh, our producer in uh, in uh, Colorado. Colorado. Um, he has become. We have a really interesting relationship now, where he is a federal register maven, and what? He's a federal register maven. So he just, I mean, he has a oh, job. He, okay. he has a job. Gotcha. Um, you know, he's an uh, EMS fireman. He, you know, he saves people's he lives loves and stuff. to read the federal register. But what he does is he finds them and he says, okay, this is it. And then he hands it off to me. And so this is about the, and this is great. I'll read you the, uh, so, and, you know, people, you have to read your federal register. This is the re- this is actually the news. In fact, we could start a news organization tomorrow, which would be highly entertaining, you know, fun. Uh, we could we could present it, and it would be real news because this is where you could just sit there all day and just source stories. Federal Register: Artificially sweetened fruit jelly and artificially sweetened fruit preserves and jams pro- proposed revocation of standards of identity. <laughs> So what does this mean? Uh, the uh, fruits and jam industry has petitioned the Food and Drug Administration. Uh, yeah, I get it. For uh, labeling, they don't want to have to label um, their products as artificially sweetened. And here is the uh, FDA's response: uh, We find merit in IGP- IJPA's argument. That revoking the artificially sweetened standards of identity would allow manufacturers to more accurately and consistently describe the attributes of the fruit spreads that currently conform to those standards. We there- <laughs> yeah, we th- it's, it's crazy. We therefore That's tentatively great. conclude that revoking the standards would promote honesty and fair <laughs> dealing in the interest of consumers. So, instead of saying artificially sweetened, claims such as low-calorie... Reduced sugar, <laughs> reduced sugar, better characterize the nutritional profile of the affected fruit spreads than the term artificially sweetened. And it goes on and on from there. Can you believe this? That, that they, so the Food and Drug Administration, who are supposed to protect you, are allowing the, the, the change in labeling from fake sugar, artificially sweetened with chemicals... I don't know. I mean, if it's not uh, if artificially, means not natural. I presume. Yeah. So to change that to low calorie or reduced sugar, we're in the we're oh. in the we're in the wrong business, man. <laughs> These guys. What a what a scam! What a scam! I'm telling you. That's a good one. Yeah. There's a couple more when we get to drones. I'll talk about that later. Um, All right. Well, I have a I have a little uh, kind of a fun clip. This for people who wonder what we do for a living. <laughs> there is a. Uh, this is what, and you have to play the whole clip. I mean, I, I do have it cut off. I don't. It doesn't go on forever. I think there's three items. We're going to go through three items. And you, every once in a while, you turn on the Senate to listen to what the Senate says. And now is what they're really doing. Their real business. Well, hold on Ram a second. Rod- hold, on, hold on a second. This is C-SPAN. What so. we do, so you don't have to. 
just so you know, that's what we do. This so goes you on for hours. There's nobody in the place, but these they have to ramrod all this crap through this. And this clogs up the Federal Register, by the way, all these things, because mm-hmm. it all goes in. And this is an example of what this, what your Senate, instead of dealing with the fiscal cliff or doing other things, they have to deal with this bull crap, and they do it for hours and hours and hours. And here is just a little clip of Carl Levin in the Senate ramrodding a bunch of bull crap into the Senate and into law and into you know whatever. But this is just just listen to this; it's up outrageous. That the Globachar amendment, which is at the desk, be agreed to. The bill is amended, be read a third time, and passed. The motions to reconsider be considered, made, and laid upon the table with no intervening action or debate. That any statements relating to the measure be printed at the appropriate place in the record, as if read. Without objection. Mr. President, I ask unanimous consent that the HELP Committee be discharged from further consideration of SRS 600. The Senate proceed to its immediate consideration. Clerk report. Senate Resolution 600, supporting the goals and ideals of American Diabetes Month. <laughs> Without objection, the committee is discharged. It's party time! It's American Diabetes Month, I tell you! And the Senate will proceed to the measure. I further ask, uh, Mr. President, that the resolution be agreed to, the amendment to the preamble, which is at the desk, be agreed to, the preamble is amended, be agreed to, the motions to reconsider be considered, made, and laid on the table with no intervening action or debate, and that any amendments relating to the measure be printed at the appropriate place in the record as if read. Without objection. I now ask unanimous consent, Mr. President, that the Senate proceed to consideration of SRS 603, which was submitted earlier today. Clerk report. Senate Resolution 603. Wouldn't be great if you just slipped, slipped in there like, hey, and by the way, I'd like to have someone blow me under the table right now while I uh, snort some uh, blow of pussy. Designating the week of November 26th through November 30th, 2012, as National Nurse Managed Health Clinic Week. Ah, <laughs> you know, there's just not enough National Nurse Health Clinic Week going on. Without objection. Managed health care. Yeah, you're right. So we'll proceed to the measure. I ask unanimous consent that the resolution be agreed to, the preamble be agreed to, the motion to reconsider be laid out on the table with no intervening action or debate in any related... <clears throat> Bullshit! Yes, National Nurse Managed Health Care Week. Mm-hmm. What is the point of wasting the public's time, even Levin's or anybody's time, on this bull crap? And this goes on for hours. I know. I've, I've, I, I come across it myself. And you can and for what we do, you can't help but watch because you know that from time to time, there's that thing. There's that one yeah, they, thing, they that one in. thing that they slip in. Yeah, exactly. If only if we had a staff of a hundred. You imagine how much better than the New York Times we could do? I mean, or NPR, your national treasure. We're already doing better than NPR. Yeah, that's true. Well, we don't have the amount of programming. We we can only do so much. Yeah, but, we only do uh, five hours a week. Right, but that's more uh, than and enough. It's, and it's listener-supported, which is a lot different than anyone else, anyone else is doing. If you had a huge staff of people, yeah. It would uh, it would be a very costly enterprise. You'd have to take ads eventually, and then the thing would go downhill. Yeah, and uh, I don't think uh, we'd get to play uh, stuff like... Uh, can you imagine that if on NPR they just came out and said, well, today we uh, saw this Carl Levin on TV, and we just thought, hey, you know, you're a... That would be some outstanding programming right there. Yeah, they won't do it. No, which is why... Uh, well, actually, I think we should take our little break here. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. In the morning. 
fits in there with a douchebag. We do have a we do have a few donors, uh, starting with anonymous in Fagarin's f- f- Opland. I don't even know where this I'm not, is. I'm not familiar with this. Fagarin's F A G E R N E S Fagarin's Fagarin's Opland. Is that a? I have no idea. That near is that a Opland near Finland? I have no idea. Hundred sixty-two bucks, whatever the case. So please keep my donation anonymous. Been listening since show one sixty-two, so I gave us hundred sixty-two dollars. Yes, I was right. Opland borders. It's in Norway. I was. I was not. I was not. It sounded like a. Oh, good. Another Norway. It's a country. Account accounting in Norway. There you go. Now, Opland County, give two to the head karma to yourselves for protection against drone attacks. Yeah, yeah, we'll need them. You've got karma. So, uh, and then $123, one, two, three, four, five from Sir Long the Good in Colleyville, Texas. One, two, three, four, five. Need a D douching and a karma. Sir Long the Good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've been D douched. You've got karma. Sir Thomas Nussbaum in Virginia Beach, Virginia, 12. My father passed last week. Aww. I drove to Missouri. Listening to a few episodes and scouring the AM and FM dials in the drive a couple ba- days later. Thank you so much for what, what you both do. Thank you, uh, Sir Thomas, and our condolences for you. Now uh, he's with uh, with uh, you know with uh, with Saint Saint Nicole. Uh, right. Yeah. Big 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 supporters of the show. Sorry to hear that, uh, Sir Thomas. Let me give you a little bit of karma. Just freebie. You've Throwing got it in. karma. Throwing it in. Uh, Sir Jesse Wilson, another one of our regulars, Hobart, Indiana, $100. Karma for my buddy Robert Reed to get a better job. Adam, you should read The Source Field by David Wilcock. I'll get right on that. You've got karma. I mean, I have nothing else to do. $100 from Sir Elsid Campeador. <laughs> from Sal- Sapupa, Oklahoma. Uh, a round of karma for the show and all the listeners. El, uh, El Sid Campeador, big, big uh, contributor now to the No Agenda News Network, noagendanewsnetwork.com. Very cool stuff he comes up with. You've got karma. That stuff really helps. I mean, we can't find everything. That's why you're producers. <clears throat> you have a duty. Bob Genoa, or Genoa, depending, from Houston, Texas, $100. Uh, please refer to me by my pseudonym, Bob Genoa. Okay. Sorry to donate after your great No Agenda show on December 2nd, which was followed by JCD's shining performance on Twit. Uh, no Agenda listeners get a two for that day when Twit sounded like a No Agenda show with JCD True. outshining everyone, even though the subjects range from tech news to news media and even gourmet wine. Adam, keep up asking John if he's going to be on Twit. Because that determines whether I can listen to the stream or wait for the podcast. It's too bad that many will miss Mike Elgin's ringing Noragenda ador- endorsement that was given before the show began. Oh. oh, I missed that. What was that? I thought it was on. He said he listens to No Agenda, and I challenged him. I said, no, you don't. And he says, yeah, I listen there. And, he's, and he just goes, he says, yes, I listen to every show. And did he, and so I, did he prove it? have to prove it i believe him well how come he doesn't donate then what kind of a douchebag is he maybe he does oh okay well i take it back then <laughs> i can give him a douchebag for not donating well he just free hey, just free freeloading free elgin yeah stop yeah. stop freeloading uh benjamin blondin in brook park ohio 9120 atlas shrug john i don't know what that means <laughs> i think it means atlas shrug by ayn rand 
Matthew Parker, Park Ridge, Illinois, 88-88. Greetings oh. once again from the land of... Hold on. What? Well, when it's 88-88, we got to... Oh. <laughs> Greetings once again from the land of Obama nuts. I'm Jewish, and I want to start a donation opportunity for the show. 88-88 should temporarily be the official amount, the Hanukkah donation. <laughs> the eight nights of Hanukkah begins... <laughs> Very good. It's about time our Jewish friends stepped up to the plate. Cheap bastards. Begins the e- evening of <laughs> Saturday, December 8th. And it ends in the evening. <laughs> See, now the, there again. That was one of my better ones. <laughs> okay, you guys, uh, I, we heard the Jewish thing you did. Uh, yeah, hello. You're going to have you're gonna have to be uh, discharged, uh, put on probation for a week, <laughs> yeah. and we'll make yeah. an announcement to the media. And, and you have to... Uh, yeah. Calling... You gotta yeah. you gotta call BB Net and Yahoo and apologize and come on it was a BB, joke not a cheap bastard it was a joke the eight nights of Hanukkah begins on the evening of Saturday the eighth and ends the evening of the Sunday the ninth John's analysis of the Democratic Party and self loathing Jew Jews was dead on <laughs> here's my ca- karma go. combo to keep the Jewish boys and girls from getting crappy gifts like underwear and socks this year. <laughs> Extra coin for the dra- dra- the dreidel. It's a dreidel game. Hillary delicious because the coins are chocolate with karma. Happy Hanukkah, slaves. It's guilt. It's guilt is what it is, it's I tell you. It's almost too delicious to believe, my friend. <laughs> You've got karma. See, I'm gonna, what people don't know, I'm an honorary Jew in New York. So. Yeah, it makes sense to me. Yeah. Daniel Merigat. Anime So, take that. Moha. Someplace looks like a Cata, Catalupa or something. I can't read. This is a bunch of characters on the screen. I can't read. Uh, Catalu, Catalu, Moha. Is that maybe? Well, we should know. It's Cat, Catalonia, maybe Spain. Could it be Catalonia? Uh, Catalonia. Yeah, I think it's Spain. Catalonia, soon to be its own country. I bet you it's Catalonia. Uh, it's a possibility. Hold on one second. M A R R U G A T. I believe something came in. Yeah, is it is it uh, is it PayPal that can't handle uh, double byte encoded no. characters, or is it wh- where does it go wrong in the trend? No, is that's two, us. It's uh, we are no, almost in two thousand thirteen. We don't have the character set installed on the computer. Which character set? Whose character? I don't set? know. Whatever one it is, that's the problem. You have to this, guess. This data comes from PayPal, and then we load it into a spreadsheet. Right, it, they send it as a CSV file or an XLS. Well, they probably they send it as a CSV. I think they maybe have Unicode. I don't know what they use. Well, it's pissing me We're, off because it's almost 2013. Oh, no, it, it's not. I'm, I don't think it's our fault. I think PayPal needs to send well, it's this. Probably properly. not our. Yeah. Well, they. I don't know why they have to put those little characters. It's those characters. <laughs> Just donated seventy dollars through PayPal, but couldn't find where to add the comment. Well, oh, usually right, add it right there. Right. Anyway, I hope this gets through John's spam filter or gets read by Adam. After being a boner for too long, here's my dedouching donation. Why seventy? Well, it's a dollar for each kilometer I ran last weekend in Saint Antien, Lyon. Oh. It must be he's in France that was running around. Oh. All right. Uh, the mountain raid, which took me and a friend of mine, to say hi to Sylvia. The Italian, about nine hours to finish. Here's a short video, in any sense of video. During the flight back to Barcelona, you were right. Uh-huh. I read The Economist, The World in 2013, and there's an interesting article about that number. 
Besides pointing out that it adds up to 33. Mm. Oh, I didn't think of that. And classifying you two as crackpots. Wait a it minute. It has some other interesting <laughs> ideas which you can use as donation levels. And here's the article. And he sends that. Plenty. Of, you would need some karma to get back to Catalonia. Uh, where he needs more than just karma, apparently. Thanks for the show. And records day de Barcelona. Mayor. Mayor. You've got Mayor. Right on. Patrick Coble in Nashville, Tennessee, closer to home, 70 bucks. A little sponsorship for John and his newfound voices. I hope you keep them up. Oh, dog like somebody like this, maybe. Can I get some karma shot for the donors and the best podcast in the universe? And I need the old new you will obey <laughs> from show 466 that has been deemed the appropriate amount, 70. You will obey. You will obey. You will obey. You've got <laughs> karma. <laughs> Again, I have not slept in 76 hours, and I'm banging them out here. I'm banging them out. 69! 69, dudes! Right on the money. Uh, Looks like we got another 69 donation here. Podcast for Peace, our buddies in Alamo, California. Needs a dose of getting laid, karma. Por favor. Hell yeah. You've got karma. Anonymous in East Rochester, New York, 6969. Today's 12-5 is my 35th birthday. I can't think of a better way to celebrate than 6969 to the best podcast in the universe. Requesting some getting laid karma, coincidentally, and it seems the last time I requested it a few months ago, it must have gotten misdirected as it has never happened because I might be an idiot. Oh, no. I don't know about that. Bend over. Keep up the great work on the show. You've got karma. One block south in Columbus, Ohio, 6969. It's been a long time coming, but I want to donate for a while. I want to thank you for supporting our podcast, The Week in Gay, on your network. This this Week in Gay. This Week in Gay. Uh, While we are closing this podcast at the end of the year, we appreciate the support you guys have given us. I also like to wager I donate more often if I get John to talk in his sexy low voice. I don't have a sexy low voice. Yeah, yeah. I don't really have here, a sexy low He wants low a ringtone. He wants a ringtone. I would love a ringtone <laughs> that says, Hey there, hot boy. Come pick up my bags. <laughs> <laughs> Say that again. Hey there, hot boy. Come pick up my bags. Oh, anyway, I'm hard I now. was. Uh, yeah, I bet you are. <laughs> Any, if you're uh, no comment. No Hold comment. Up, oh, there's there's the hotline again. Uh, yeah, okay. Oh. You know, after the Jew joke, now you got the gay joke. You really got to stop offending people, Curry. Anyhow, I was at work the other day, and what I and what did I receive? But another email for a flu vaccine. I immediately went to the No Agenda show notes and replied back to my coworker with the wonderful information I found. That then realized you, I need to donate to you guys because of the wonderful service you provide for situations like this. So please dedouche me and grab me some money, Karma, so I can hopefully send more money your way. Thank you again for your support of the LGBT rights and for making the best podcast in the universe. All right. I don't know if we support LGBT rights. We just like we like everybody, and we and we and we hate everybody at the same time. We make yeah. no, we don't discriminate about anything or anybody. We, but of course, I'm a little more gay friendly than John. Is. That's true. <laughs> I just want a karma. You've got karma. I'm just more in supposed touch to, with myself. You're supposed to de. Yeah, well, if you were that in touch, you would have dedouched the man. He did want to dedouche. <laughs> You've been dedouched. You've got karma. Hey there, hot boy. Come I pick think, up my uh, bags. 
I think uh, one block south is uh, innuendo. Thomas yeah. Badrick in Nutley, New Jersey. Nuts. Hey, Nutley. Uh, 69. Nutley. Right Nutley. Right 69, right 69. Hey, mm-hmm. guys, could you give me some douchebag karma to the noodles kid with the hopes douchebag. that he quits and owns his own noodles by now? <laughs> I need to interject real quick with a clip. Since, since noodles was brought up, it's a very it's a short clip to show you why we get these idiots like the Noodles Kid. If you don't know who the Noodles Kid is, then you need to go back and listen to uh, episode four six six. This is from a, a speech by a woman named Wendy Mogul, and she talks about the red washcloth in preschools. Have you heard of this phenomenon, John? Oh no! Listen, it also is hard work. Hazards make you wiser and more cautious. There's a new trend in preschools to have red washcloths in the, the supply closet. Anybody know about this? You do. It's, I hope you don't have this at your schools. Red washcloths, why? If a child gets a bloody nose or skins their knee, the preschool teacher can grab the red washcloth really quickly so the child will not be frightened by the sight of their own blood. (laughs) No wonder we're building a nation of pussies. That's crazy. Oh, this woman is great, by the way. She she wrote the... uh, I think it's the blessing of the scrape knee and the blessing of the B minus. Very, very, very interesting speaker. Although she's, a, I think she's a Berkeley Hummer. Uh, but, but that this is actually true. It's red washcloth, so that the kids, you know, they don't freak out when there's some blood on the washcloth. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, uh, talking about that sort of <laughs> clip, I have a clip. Um, <laughs> okay. So I didn't know that this clip existed. It was played by Sharpton on his, and poor Sharpton. He, by the way, he's losing. He is so uh, skinny now, and when you see him side by side, but he looks like a midget. Mm-hmm. Well, he is very tiny, apparently. I didn't know that he, but with all his weight loss, he looks like a small dwarf. Is that, he used, his head is still huge. He used he's got to a huge be, head. He used to be huge. People don't realize in the eighties. Yeah, Sharpton. That, he he must have been three hundred pounds. Yeah. Now he's like he's about 120. <laughs> if. So he introduced this. Apparently this was the viral video that got Elizabeth Warren her job. And it's interesting because it's it's the Obama rant about you're all, you know, no, you, it's a socialist rant is what it is. But it was just like what. So this is what Massachusetts is all about. That this could went around and everyone says, I want her. And this is Elizabeth Warren video that got her the seat. Okay, hold on. You threw me off with the Sharpton thing. In a YouTube video that quickly went viral. There is nobody in this country who got rich on his... Oh, I remember this. She's in someone's living room yelling this crap. Um, yeah. Nobody. I know. I remember it. Yeah. Factory out there. Good for you. But I want to be clear. You moved your goods to market on the roads the rest of us paid for. Yep. You hired workers the rest of us paid to educate. You uh, were safe in your factory because of police forces and fire forces that the rest of us paid for. You built a factory and it turned into something terrific or a great idea. God bless. Keep a big hunk of it. But part of the underlying social contract is you take a hunk of that and pay forward for the next kid who comes along. So why do you bring this up? I don't quite understand. I think this also contributes to the noodle kid mentality. This kind of thing is like, you know... No, I... 
I think this is for big noodle kids. You know, this this is this is for no. I think the noodle kids is something entirely different. They don't even. No, I don't know. I hard time believing that. I think this is just okay, your, well, I, I, your I, I, undercover I Republican thing coming up again. Please, <laughs> please. David Anderson in Clayton, North Carolina, sixteen. Oh, by the way, no, we got one more. One more sixty nine, sixty nine from Ash in Gitmo Nation East. Uh, the last show had me laughing out loud whilst being hit in the mouth by classic no agenda media assassination. The last shot of karma worked well, but I could use a top up of two to the head little girl yay karma, if you will. Seventy three, the M O something Monte. I don't know what that means. Uh, well, if it's, if, it's, if, it, if it's meant to be anonymous, you may not you may not want to uh, mention his call sign. You know, I'm not sure. Okay, go. <laughs> You've got. Karma. And as we close it out, uh, I'm going to give some to uh, Miss Mickey. 69! 69! Little swazzle of karma. We haven't seen each other for a couple weeks. David Anderson, Clayton, North Carolina, 6913. Needs a re-deducing. Oh. Uh, it's transposed is usually 6, 1369 for unlucky cocksucker. <laughs> what? It's mean. Yeah. Maybe a new karma donation. I could use some work biz karma and a Chiner ITM okay. can drop it if it's been done already this show. It just sounds nice. I could also have a birthday shout-out for Friday. Not sure how old I am, but I'm old enough to buy beer and too young to collect Social Security, so who cares? Thanks uh, for the best podcast in the universe and all the parallel universes. Okay, so... No, just the... You've got karma. Paul Lindquist in Hammond, Wisconsin. 50 double nickels on the 11. Uh, double sticks on the nickels. Uh, the double nickels, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't listened long enough to know if the double nickels refers to the best punk band ever, the Minutemen. I hope so. And keep it that way. I'd like to keep some or get some general karma for the crappy period in my life. I heard once that you send birthday cards for birthday shout outs. Well, not necessarily. <laughs> well, it's when Eric was still doing it. He, he'd actually yeah, send a birthday Eric card. Eric is, is a kind of a customer service uh, maven, and he yeah. does stuff like that. Uh, he wants a... Jeff, well, hold on a second. You, did he want... No, yeah. yeah right, gen- right, right, right. Don't go too karma. fast. Don't go too fast. You've got karma. All right. Thanks for the best podcast in the universe, he says. Yep. Jeffrey Hunt in Baltimore, Maryland. uh Double nickels on the dime. Uh, no comment. James B. Mann, Ringgold, Louisiana. Double nickels on the dime. Shannon, Shannon Adkins in Warren, Michigan. Another paltry donation to the show. She says $50.50. Tanya Wyman, Dame Tanya, New York. Have to pony up some well-deserved support for the best podcast in the universe. Please send some mega karma and hugs to Citizen X. Oh, yeah. We love doing that to the ladies. We've got karma. Nichelle Moore in Nightdale, North Carolina. North Carolinians on today's show, $50. Uh, while attending the Formula One uh, Grand Prix in Austin, I gave a ride to a couple that was stuck, struck, struck, waiting for a taxi that after two hours never arrived. <laughs> As a token of their appreciation, they gave me $50. Wow, that's awesome. Aust- Aust- that's Austinized for you. Naturally, I thought this was a no-agenda karma in action, and I should naturally pass it on to you, and thank you for all the work you do. I'm looking forward to whatever plans you have for the next year for those who achieve knighthood or damehood. Please keep up up the great work, and remember, if you don't have 
If you don't have any haters, you're not doing anything. <clears throat> Do we have haters? I, we must. <clears throat> I don't think we have any. Ha- no one hates us. Everyone loves uh, us. Well, uh, yeah. I think that mostly. <laughs> mostly. We have a bunch. Of, we have mostly. Why somebody bitches about us. I think, yeah. you know, you're being mean to Sean Hannity. My favorite Jason. is. My favorite is. I can't believe you didn't talk about this. <laughs> I can't believe. I'm surprised you missed this. That's my favorite. I own a startup. This oh. is uh, J- Jason Green in Douglasville, Georgia. No, he needs he karma then. He needs startup karma. <laughs> Lots. We're building manual powered water treatment systems that what? That treat what? That treat enough water for communities of up to fifteen hundred people in developing regions. Cool. It is not a nonprofit, but a rather for-profit venture relying on the good old-fashioned capitalism model. I'm writing off our sponsorship at the No Agenda Show as an advertising expense. Mm-hmm. So I urge my fellow producers to visit ProtectorSystems.com and like us on Facebook to help me show a tangible benefit to the IRS <laughs> as as an advertising expense, eh? Hmm. Okay. We currently have 168 likes. If we reach 225 likes by the next show, I'll donate again. Well, protectorsystems.com. Protector. Yes. P-R-O-T-E-C-T-O-R. Yeah. Protector. Thank you, JCD and AC, for keeping me sane in a world of BS and douchebags. No jingles needed. Oh, well, too late. You got a free douchebag. Robert Kruger in Aliso Viejo, California, at 50 bucks, says a douche call out to my Canadian acquaintance, Neil. Douchebag. Who I still don't think has donated. I suggest instead of calling it a donation, call it a tax. And I'm sure Neil will donate. <laughs> Those Canadians aren't happy unless they're paying some sort of tax. I was donating anyway, but what I cl- what clinched it was the 1129 impromptu songs you got song you guys came up with. That was a classic. If you could give <laughs> it was me the worst hits- song ever. <laughs> yes, if you could give me two hits of the head followed by a shut up slave. Yeah, have a great holiday. That is a very popular one today, actually. <laughs> Third time it was requested today. And Mac Harbor LLC in Sheboygan, Sheboygan, Michigan, Sheboygan. 50 bucks. That'll close our segment. I might Woo! want to mention, by the way, when we talk about it, uh, it seems that the Americans are also picking up on this idea that text me more, baby. Text me. I love it. No, I, which I, is a I, disgusting I want to talk about that in a moment because I do have a concept there. But first, uh, let us remind you, this is going to be a crazy time for us. Uh, uh, here we are. It's the middle of the night over in Europe. What time is it, honey? So, uh, we're getting a time check here. What time is it? Time check. Time, time check. T- I want to do a. We- I want to do uh, uh, weather and time. What eight twenty? Eight twenty here. It's uh, freezing in Amsterdam, the Netherlands. Snow on the ground. Everybody in the morning to you. How are you? Oh. You know, they opened up my bag because I have a suitcase that contains the studio. And you know yeah. that they're just like, what the hell is the guy doing with a slide whistle and a kazoo? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and there's always that, that little paper from Department of Homeland Security. What's that, baby? The hotel. Yeah, well, I'm sure that I'm sure people are like next door going like, what the hell? Yeah. Who is that guy? We know you're Mickey Hoogendike, but who is that guy? Yes. <clears throat> so we're going to need all the help we can get because it's going to be very, very challenging times for your No Agenda show. Uh, but I think we're going to be bringing you some outstanding 
uh, news, and uh, you know, it's always great when uh, when we have a presence over here in uh, in Euroland. Uh, crazy yeah, things. Yeah, we crazy got the Moroccans kicking some, kicking to death a referee. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, that's awesome. Jeez. All right. Well, today we say happy birthday to. Hold on a second, Mike. My birthday list is not scrolling right. Ah, yes. Anonymous. Uh, he congratulates himself. Turned 35 yesterday. Mike Nikolaychuk turned 33 on the 4th. Paul Lindquist congratulates himself. 39 today. David Anderson uh, will be celebrating tomorrow. And Chris Eisbach turns 42 today. Happy birthday from all your buddies here at the best podcast in the universe, the No Agenda Show. And, uh, and then we have uh, two nights, which is nice. To uh, We always love welcoming uh, knights to the round table. You know, you can spend two nights in a teepee. <laughs> so you think the, the slide whistle was weird in the suitcase. What do you think about this puppy? You think they, you think they thought that was weird? <laughs> then I brought my sword along with me? You had to check that, I hope. Yeah, well, of course. I can't take it on the plane with me. I'm afraid to take a, the nail clippers on the plane, please. All right, there's yours, I can tell. All right. Wade Ostrander and Andrew Lemessini. Step forward, gentlemen. Actually, we have two silent nights there with Wade. We uh, highly appreciate your uh, contributions to the No Agenda Show, the best podcast in the universe, the amount of $1,000 or more. I hereby pronounce thee, Sir Wade, one of the two silent nights, and Sir Andrew, knights of the No Agenda Roundtable. Gentlemen, please come on over and grab your hookers and blow, rent boys and chardonnay, hot pants and booze, wenches and beer, Ruben S. Ruben and rosé, geisha and sake, vodka and vanilla, gerbils and ginger ale, and mutton and mead. All for you here as knights and, and mead. <laughs> knights and or dames, but in this case, just knights of the uh, No Agenda Round Table. Great to have you here. Um, this is something I've been putting off for a few shows, and I want to get to it. Um, and uh, this is uh, one of those things where we have disagreements. Um, actually, one of our um, one of our producers sent us a note to listen to the Joe Rogan show, which and there's quite a big crossover between our audience. Uh, episode 282, where they have a professor on from Berkeley, a German professor, who pretty much has exactly... And I haven't even heard of this guy, but I've read multiple books and many, many studies, has exactly the same uh, hypotheses, and he actually is, is quite adamant that uh, you do not get AIDS from HIV, but then most people um, uh, get really sick from the, uh, essentially, the uh, um, the medication but, that but you're given. Uh, right. You have talked about this in the last number of shows. What do you mean you've been putting it off? No, no. What I've been putting off is these two clips I have. Oh, uh, because, right. because what we're talking about is uh, is now the... So, so let's just presume that I think that there's a lot of bull crap going on in this industry... And now we have this wonder drug, Truvada, which I believe is going to be pushed onto every single man, woman, and child as a must-have, just like you're taking your, your Flintstones vitamin C, and it's all part of a setup. And uh, so here is uh, Lucifer Clinton, um, who is, uh, again, pushing the retroviral solution to the HIV virus, uh, which uh, seems to be, well, 
I'm not going to get into, uh, you need to look at the House of Numbers as a documentary to understand where I'm coming from, but let's first listen to Lucifer Clinton. Then I want the next Congress, the next Secretary of State, and our partners everywhere to know how we will contribute to achieving this goal. And this is on uh, World AIDS Day, which was uh, uh, earlier, uh, last, uh, I think, was it uh, beginning of the week? And the result is the blueprint we are releasing today. And the blueprint is very important. Pay attention to this phrase, the blueprint. It lays out five goals and many specific steps we will take to accomplish those goals. First, we are committing to rapidly scaling up the most effective prevention and treatment interventions. This is a sales pitch for Truvada. I'm telling you, this is a sales pitch. She is setting everybody up for this. And today I can announce some new numbers that show how far we've already come. This year, through PEPFAR, we directly supported nearly 5.1 million people on antiretroviral treatment. (laughs) (laughs) And by the way, that's uh, the uh, health industry applauding in the audience. Yeah, more drugs, more drugs. So in Canada... They are already one step further in the blueprint. They're much further than we are. Listen to this report about how they are rolling out Truvada and how awesome it is. Because basically, hey man, if you're gay and you want to go for it, you're in business. Eve of World AIDS Day. Montreal AIDS researchers are looking to begin a controversial study. It would give AIDS drugs to 400 men who don't actually have the disease but are at risk. Dan Halton joins us now with more. And Dan, this is considered the next wave in the fight against AIDS. And Deborah, it can't come any sooner. That's because as many as one quarter of people with HIV don't even know they have the deadly disease because they don't show any symptoms. So for research... Very important you heard what he just said. There's anything that can boost prevention on top of condom use is critical. It's a troubling statistic. In Montreal's gay community, 13% of men are HIV positive, and that number hasn't budged, despite all the advances in treatment and public awareness. I am not satisfied with the status quo. I am not satisfied with what exists right now. This is like uh, the Frau Goebbels who is going to do the test. She's not satisfied with the tests we have done. We need to do more tests. Because we're not moving forward this goal of achieving uh, eradication of HIV transmission. So researchers are now looking at antiretroviral drugs, not just to treat people who have HIV, but to prevent people who don't have the virus from getting it especially people at high risk, sex workers, men who have multiple partners or whose partners are HIV positive. In the first study of its kind in North America, Dr. Cécile Tremblay is testing the drug Truvada in a new way, evaluating its effectiveness for prevention on demand. Instead of taking a pill every day for the rest of their lives, people in the study will take it only when needed, up to two hours before sex and one day after. I, would want to be- hey, I, I don't want to. I don't want to interrupt you, but this is exactly what you talked about when I was up in Port Angeles. This is a rerun. We hadn't played these clips. We had not played these clips. We. Had, I talked. I told. This is one. This is my point. I talked about this, and now all of a sudden it's coming out. It's like a. It's like a red book. Coming true in two weeks. Me, these clips came out after. After, you after. Discussed? yes, 
Yes, that's exactly okay, my point. I, I get, I get the picture. Well, okay, well that's the point. You don't have to run that that boring guy so long. But that, uh, oh, okay. Well, then it's in the red book. You you got a point. <sighs> Please, um, I, I I really uh, would like everyone that ha- take a listen to the Joe Rogan Show, episode two eighty two. It's really really good to hear that uh, the Berkeley doctor. Um, and, and what kind of a What's scam. the guy's name? What's the guy's name? Uh, Dusden, I think it is. Professor oh, that guy. Dusden. Yeah, well, he's been, he's, he's the, he's the number one patient. He's the first guy from day, from the 1980s. Uh, he's been at Berkeley. 80, ever 84, he's a, he's, 84. He is a, yeah, they are just around this guy. I mean, this guy, I've heard him a million, million times. He's not saying anything new. He said this before. He has been saying it since the 80s. He is a retrovirus specialist. He, that's his specialty in period. He knows more about retroviruses than he's, he's a viral he, biologist. Yeah. And he makes the claim, which nobody else seems to agree with. Well, no one, no, ref- what no, no one seems to be able to refute it. That's more important. He makes the claim that the retroviruses can't do this. No, he said he says that if if you uh, create uh, antibodies, which is be which is what the definition of zero positive, uh, that that then the virus is over, it's done. That AIDS does is not caused by HIV. That is what he's saying, and no one has been able to refute him. And I might point out he's still teaching at Berkeley. It's not like they've thrown yeah. him out because no, they haven't thrown. I agree with that part. Yeah. They but they haven't thrown out that that crazy. Uh, Japanese guy. Uh, there's about five crackpots at Berkeley, by the way, that haven't been thrown. Well, now you just you just call him a crackpot. You, know, you go. You you, had, you call him a crackpot. I'm just saying. Uh, is it? Do you think at any realm of possibility uh, could it be possible that the pharmaceutical industry has been playing a joke? Is that at all feasible to you? To the rip pharmaceutical industry is a uh, is essentially a, a corrupt. And do, you think, and do you think that they would stop for a second at killing people or allowing people to be killed or feeding I people drugs? That these, these points are not arguable. Okay. I agree with you all on right. this, but it doesn't right. mean that Dusman's right. No. Because he has none of his research. I mean, where? why hasn't it led to anything, his theories? I mean, this whole thing, no, no, I mean, unless you just, no, no, you no. could say that, well, the pharmaceutical industries are behind everything and they no. just they beat the crap out of you if you say anything else. But Deusman's been talking freely for years. What, exactly. And he, he lost all his grants. He, uh, I mean, he, he was in, in line for a Nobel Peace Prize, uh, not, not Peace Prize, for a Nobel Prize. Um, he got totally shunned. He, <laughs> he has no graduate students, nothing. Now, he talks about this in this interview. It's very good. Uh, and if, if you want to find out some more background, House of Numbers, it's, uh, I think it's houseofnumbers.com. It's, a, it's probably on YouTube. You could watch the whole documentary. It's very, very interesting. You should take a look at it. Yeah, well, this, is a, been, uh, this has been a point of debate for a decade, two decades, mm-hmm. three decades, almost yeah. three decades, eight, nine, ten. But now years. it's finally coming through and, not, and true, and now we have this, this wonder drug which stops you from getting AIDS, HIV AIDS, which is always now lumped together in one word. Um, and I, you know, it's like, it's a, it's a money grab and we're all going to be told we have to be on it from the, from age five to 65. You watch, you watch, this is exactly what's going to happen. And, all right. Yeah. And I'm, okay, I'm angry changed. about it. I'm just angry. Yeah, I, I've noticed. Well, yeah. you, me and you and that, and me and Rachel Maddow. So what can I say? Uh, 
I got a couple clips from. I got a couple clips from Parliament. <laughs> uh, they had a. Um, you mean British Parliament? Yeah, the British Parliament, not from the band. Oh. Uh, the, uh, the, the there's one this guy. I, I swear to God, he says "butt boy" when what? referring to ch <laughs> Chancellor of the Exchequer and the Prime Minister. Tell me, it doesn't say "butt boy." May I say, Mr. Speaker, what a pity not to see the honourable member for Mid Bedfordshire in her place from the jungle. She may not have succeeded in talking for the nation on many things, but she did speak for the nation when she called the Prime Minister and the Chancellor two arrogant posh boys who don't know the price of milk. Uh, no wonder, no wonder this Prime Minister keeps on losing his temper, Mr. Speaker, because his worst nightmare is coming true. Not snakes, not snakes and spiders in the jungle, but their fiscal rule broken, their economic credibility in tatters, exposed now as incompetent and unfair. Yes, Mr. Speaker, he's the Chancellor. Can't someone get him out of here? I don't know if you said butt boy. What did do? You know, the only possibility may said bus boy. I'm thinking but something like that, maybe. Yeah. They're taking. They're talking about George Osborne, who had a presentation, and he is a uh, a real up and comer. It looks like if you if you watch really? his speak, Osborne is. You don't think so? He's been around forever. He's a he's a commie lefty, and he was in uh, he was in. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. That's what they're referring to with spiders in the jungle. Really? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That he's was a, Osborne? Yeah, he's That's a, funny. He's a blowhard. <laughs> well, he's a butt boy then. So, uh, <laughs> hey, now. Talking about, if you want to see somebody just lay into him, though, Mr. Dennis Skinner just doesn't have any questions. He just has nothing good to say at all about this guy. Mr. Dennis Skinner. Yeah. Uh, when the uh, cheering has died down on the budget statement, just like on previous occasions, like in 2010, when he made his first statement, when it was strict bare, it was a totally different story. Then in 2010, he promised to massively cut the deficit, and here we are, two and a half years later, he's cut the nurses and cut the National Health Service. This posh boy never changes. Now, instead of being a Bullingdon boy that wrecks the hotel rooms, now as chance of the exchequer, he wrecks the economy. And time he went. Well, I'm not sure that uh, personal attack warrants a proper reply. Mary McLeod. That was incorrect. It was not uh, Osborne, that was Galloway, and he was on Big Brother. Oh, Galloway, okay. Yeah, I'm sorry, my mistake. So the thing I, <clears throat> I kind of liked about that clip is that apparently some guys on uh, one of the side of the aisle, they went, woo! <laughs> it's kind of this, it's quite yeah, funny. Well, that's, what, that's how we roll. <laughs> this is all bull crap, though. This is yeah. just this, this charade, this whole parliament yelling at you. A charade. 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 Right on schedule. All right, can I just, I, I know you have some fiscal cliff stuff to talk about. <laughs> We just I, keep playing that. I would just like to uh, uh, play one short clip, and uh, no, I'll, no, I'll give you my opinion first, and I'll have a guy prove that my opinion is right. 
this whole conversation, I'm sure you've heard it everywhere in the world now, America's on the fiscal cliff. Um, this whole thing is set up to, it's only about who's going to get blamed. Taxes are going to go up for everybody. Uh, there's going to be no comprehensive deal. Uh, we're going to get shafted. Uh, both sides uh, in America know it. Uh, it's planned. It is our version of austerity, except instead of like in Europe, where the government stands up and says, well, slaves, we're going to have to austere you. Here they go, oh, those guys are doing it. No, those guys are doing it. So instead of going out there and protesting our government and telling them that they're all a bunch of douchebags for selling us down the river, we play along with this game of who who's to blame, whether it's the right or the left. And here's Howard Dean. A uh, guy on the left saying exactly that. There's yeah. just nothing, nothing uh, could be more clear that uh, this administration means what they say about getting what they want at this point. Yeah, the only problem is, uh, and this is a little initially going to seem like heresy from a progressive, is the truth is everybody needs to pay more taxes, not uh-huh. just the rich. Uh, that's a good start. But we're not going to get out of this deficit problem unless we raise taxes across the board to go back to what Bill Clinton had in his taxes. And uh, if we don't do that, the problem is the pressure is going to be on spending even more. So that is exactly what's going to happen. And it's all going to be hidden under. And then we're just going to go like, oh, well, they couldn't work it out. Yeah, it's all well, well, it's, it couldn't work it I'm, out. Joel, I'm, I'm all in on this uh, concept that is going to happen one way or the other. And right now, though, the White House has it all on their side, because if we go over the cliff, taxes go up. If we don't go over the cliff, we would have to make some sort of a deal with Obama, which means taxes go up. So taxes are going up. But the kind of taxes that are going to go up going over the cliff are the annoy are more annoying than the than whatever Obama's proposed, because Obama kind of fakes it a little bit. He tries to make it look good. But we have this thing called the alternative minimum tax. Yeah, explain that. Which comes into play every so often, and it's like a a thing that they they pulled the stunt. I didn't realize that until I heard this lecture from this professor on C-SPAN discussing how they slipped this thing back into play in 2002, and it was the budget balancer for for the bogus, it turns out, Bush tax cuts. Because the Bush tax cuts look good on paper, and they keep talking about the Bush tax cuts, but with the alternative minimum tax in play, which is a horrible... uh, Thing. I've paid it a number of times. It is a major, major screw. Now, when do you, have, when do you have, I don't understand. When do you have to pay it? What What did you do that you had to pay uh, alternative minimum tax? Okay, when, you don't make enough, thing, or, or how does that work? You no, know, if you make a certain amount of money, there's a little moment where you have to do a recalculation on the taxes. If you make some, right now, the alternative minimum tax I think kicks in at something over two fifty, three hundred thousand. It's really high. <laughs> well, no worries here. When did you pay that? I paid it when I I've made that much. Really? But I've not with me, the, honey. No, that's true. But it's I've paid that much. <laughs> ever ever since you've been with me, it's it's been it's been bad sailing. We're working on it. <laughs> we try. Yeah, right. We do as a pub. Yeah, good Big luck difference when you're doing public service. So anyway, so the point is, is that but what the a, things, what a mood. you posh boy. You, you want to hear about the alternative minimum tax or what money I made in the past? Let's talk about your money that you made in the past. Anyway, so I lost uh, it all. I spent it. <laughs> yeah, well, fine. But if you were in the United States making that money, you'd be paying the alternative minimum no, tax. The reason why Look, the I, I, I lost it all is because I didn't file in the United States, and they came and they sued me, and they took all my money away. 
Well, welcome to the United States. <laughs> so alternative minimum tax essentially recalculates your tax, but takes away all your standard deductions. So essentially says, here's the same, take the same money that you made and dis- extract all the standard deductions, mortgage, everything, and, and make the calculation again. Oh, no, is it higher than the other number? Well, then you have to pay this. So oh. here's a, here's the A, and, which is the alternative minimum tax. And everybody's going to get stuck with this. And it looks as if the alternative minimum tax, the way it's set up now, if, if we go over the cliff, is going to drop anyone who makes less than $70,000 oh. or around 70000 or or around there. Is gonna, it, it's going to increase the number of people who pay the alternative minimum tax in 2011 from $4 million to 30 million people. It's a huge money grab, and, and it's not discussed by either party. Neither party has discussed this, and that's what makes me think that both parties are in collusion to screw us. And if they go over, we go over the cliff or not over the cliff, we're going to get screwed because nobody's discussing it. Now, here's the, the professor with a little bit of the AMT rundown that was discussed on C-SPAN. The, the alternative minimum tax is 28%. So what you're saying is after 2001, if your tax rate was lowered to 25% or something, you still had to pay the AMT, which is 28%. Th- that is correct, but but you're wrong. The, for incomes between two hundred dollars and $500,000, the AMT effective tax rate is 35%. Okay. So you hit the 35% rate in the AMT at incomes far lower than the income levels at which you would hit the uh, 35% rate in the regular tax. There's this bizarre rate structure. Why do they call it a patch? They call it a patch because it's an ad hoc, one-time, year-by-year patch to stop uh, <laughs> the broad expansion of the AMT. I mean, I, they, it's just for... I, it, you could ask, why do they call it a cliff? That, that <laughs> <laughs> They have discussed this in terms of the patch, and it's been a year-by-year year, uh, increase in the exemption. The, the patch is nothing but an increase in the AMT exemption to prevent tens of millions of people from being forced to fill out the return that you have uh, listed there. The only thing I would add is the patch, what, what makes this so critical in the fiscal cliff discussion is we are talking about the patch for the 2012 taxable year. Unlike the rest of the fiscal cliff, which affects tax rates that will apply next year, the patch applies to the return that we will all have to file early next year. So if there is not congressional action here, there is an abrupt increase in tax on the 2012 taxable year uh, under in 2011, approximately 4 million people paid the AMT. Uh, if there's not a patch, 30 million people will be required to pay the AMT in 2012 for the current taxable year. Okay, so here's the problem. You can stop it. You get kind of the idea. The problem is that if we take one day into past January 1st and then say, oh, we'll fix it tomorrow... It won't make this, any this, difference. It's already done. 
Yeah, because this applies to 2012. If right. it go, if we go past January 1st and you fix the whole fiscal cliff thing after the fact, it doesn't make any difference because once January 1st hits, then everything's in play for the IRS and the tax year. And that means we're going to all be paying this ridiculous high rate of tax, 35% over whatever you're paying now. Generally speaking, almost probably half the audience that, that listens to this show will be caught in this $30 million or 30 million person quagmire. Mm. You probably too, and it's gonna, and you're not gonna notice until we. What what happened to my taxes? Mm. And 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 this is a complete outrageous scam that zero people are discussing. I mean, I I knew about it kind of, but then when I heard this, this guy's boring. Let's face it, but he did lecture <laughs> for hours on this thing, and he yeah. had other things to say about it. It changes the way if you get on the AMT, it changes the way you take capital gains. It changes everything. You are so screwed. If they don't fix this fiscal cliff thing, okay. that it's going to be unbelievable. It's a scam of the highest order. Well, the, so the reason why you don't hear about this is indeed because it's incredibly boring and people don't understand it. And, the, and, and obviously the news media doesn't understand it. But more importantly, you got to sex it up. So um, how about let's try this. Uh, hey, we're going over the fiscal cliff, everybody, with the AMT. <laughs> See, that gets your attention. Now I'm excited about this AMT. <laughs> I um, should have done a sweetened clip. By the way, I will. Uh, I would like to point out that uh, before we started this show, um, the IRS came after me for $143,000. It took me years. They put a lien on everything I own, and my salary at Mevio, everything. I literally did not earn any money for two years. I finally was able to resolve it. Forty thousand. This is where all my money went. Forty thousand dollars in legal fees, and to this day, it stays on your record—a tax lien for seven years. You know what my what my uh, credit score is, which I uh, evaluated because I wanted to get a car loan. You know, you know what my what my uh, what my credit score is? Three hundred and twenty. Uh, I, I can't I can't borrow enough money to buy an egg. When I was a kid, they didn't have credit scores. People took, you know, you went in and visited, and they said, well, this is a good guy. We'll loan him some money. Yeah. This credit score thing is a total scam. And you know what they said? They all said, you don't have enough trade lines. What does that mean? Well, you don't. You haven't borrowed enough money. So I, don't, I haven't borrowed any money. I don't owe anybody anything. I just want to buy my wife a nice car, and I can't afford it right now, and I'm, you know, I'll buy it on the never-never, and at least I'll buy it. I don't want to lease it. No. Sorry, you know, you can't do that. Shut up, <laughs> no, no, you have a credit score of 320, and uh, and what's this? Oh, no, this this thing is on your record for, you know, maybe in two years when it's gone, when it's not on your record, then maybe, but you have to have some more trade lines. So you should go get a Pier 1 card. Seriously. Honey? <laughs> I hope yeah. you like your Range Rover. Well, welcome. <laughs> I'm getting well, stink eyed. Welcome I'm to the world that we're, what? We're, welcome no. to the world of um, high finance. Yeah. yeah. So uh, there you go. There you have it. Maybe, maybe it will be. Uh, oh, actually, I got a one short clip on, on the fiscal clip taken from the long seven minute clip, which we're not going to play because uh, if it's Mitch McConnell, but I think Mitch McConnell has a little summary here that, or at least there's something I, I put, I decided to c- cut it, which is McConnell on the fiscal cliff. It's eight minutes. Version. 
Oh, short version. Not that one. That's Mesh McConnell on Fiscal Cliff Long and the show. Is this going to is this going to be one. interesting? Is this going to be any good? It's only up to thirty seconds. Just play it. Okay, now that was McConnell on the Fiscal no. Cliff. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh man, I had the I had the perfect mix. Yeah, you did. I thought you were just going to stop it there. No, I'm not. I'm not some kind of a hole. Let's do it again here. Incredibly, many top Democrats, including the president, seem perfectly happy, perfectly happy to go off the cliff. That's why the president has been more interested in campaign rallies than actually negotiating a deal. Uh, Blah, blah, blah. They don't care. They do not care. They just want to suck you dry. Take all of your money. And by the way, Europe, same thing for you, except only here. Well, can just... I ask you a question? Let me ask you, let me ask you something. Yeah. Why do so many people in the public itself, including those a-holes on MSNBC, that go on and on, about, and, and this was actually discussed on some other show I saw, in California, for example, we had Proposition 30 this last election, mm-hmm. and the proposition essentially said, do you want to pay more state taxes? And did people and say it yes? Passed. <laughs> yeah, what? It passed. People said yes. <laughs> what? Yes, it passed. Proposition thirty in California passed. John, and get out. Get out while you can. Get out. Come to Texas. But, get out. But this is this is all over the country. People are saying, yeah, yeah, tax me more. Tax me more. <laughs> Obama wants more taxes. Yeah. yeah, well, let's give it to him. You know, I don't get it. Wow. So you have to explain it to me. Well. I can't, but I can give you very good news because there is help for you. You may have a closet in your home spilling over with Christmas decorations. Maybe it's a drawer designated for junk. For some people, it's a much bigger problem. Hoarding is now being officially recognized as a mental condition. There you go. (laughs) It's in the DSM-5, John. Hoarding is now a mental condition. Hoarding. But it's also... What about about archiving? (laughs) <laughs> well, archiving. If, if you can convince someone it's archiving, then you're good to go. It's just, uh, it's unbelievable. This DSM five is great, it's just, it, but you can get some good, some good drugs because of it. Because you know, it's just, it's just a, a minor issue. Uh, let me do a quick little. Uh... And now, back to real news. Of course, the <coughs> number one news, the most important news in the entire universe is uh, uh, Kate is puking. And uh, everyone's talking about it, uh, but here's <laughs> here's how bad it really is. Day three of what's becoming perhaps the most talked about pregnancy since Bethlehem, and <laughs> really, <laughs> is that is that what it is? The most talked about pregnancy since Bethlehem, brother. No wonder we are the best podcast in the universe. So they, Hillary gave some speech recently, and they they had a tribute to her her great performance as a secretary of state yeah uh for all her accomplishments which mm-hmm. i do what were they by the way i don't know oh well, hey. well hold on hold on hold on hold on we have one of her accomplishments right here so i mean that is the land of unconfirmed yes yeah. so we came we saw <laughs> he died <laughs> that's no, one right, of her many yeah, accomplishments yeah. yeah very good so they've made a movie a uh, hey geography about hillary i got just a, the the last clip of it i think you don't want to hear the whole thing and this goes on and on with her with the with her new theme song she's already running for president oh human rights human dignity oh, 
countries may have the same extraordinary good fortune that we've had. Someone who knows a thing or two about political comebacks, I can tell you, I don't think we've read the last of Hillary Clinton. Oh man, I'm gonna throw up! Wait, was this video someone cut for her? Yeah, girl, you're amazing. Just through, uh, uh, yeah. uh, 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 I'm throwing. I just have an instinct that the best is yet to come. Joining me now, the Washington Post, Philip Rucker and Jonathan Capehart. Jonathan, that's there's nothing campaign like about that video at all, is there? <laughs> no, come on. She's leaving her 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 term as Secretary of State. Um, she's arguably been one of the best best that that we've had in in a while. She's loved by <laughs> in a while. lots of people around the world, particularly foreign leaders. And so there she is at this forum, filled with with friends uh, of hers. And so Being there's a coming up. video for her saying, you know, job well done, you're terrific, and just a couple people saying, oh, who knows what's next for her. Well, of course, who knows what's next for her, because she's a, she's a young woman who's going to hopefully take some time off, put her feet up, and relax for a little bit before entertaining ideas about 2016 when we're still in 2012. She's an old hag. She's a young woman is the new meme. She's an she old is hag. In October of October this year, she collects Social Security. What kind of young woman is 66 years old collecting Social Security? Well, not, Young woman? I'm not going to be ageist about it because it's not about age. She's just a hag to me, no matter what. She no, could be 20, no, she's a hag. it's not about age, but you don't call somebody a, you know, a young woman who's 66. It's just, it's wrong. <laughs> it's so wrong. It's its just not right. We can't do that. By the way, good news, John. Good news. We just got a, a message here from uh, John Leonard from Wichita, Kansas, one of our uh, supporters on the show. He says he will finance me uh, for a dune buggy golf cart regardless of my credit score. <laughs> Mickey, you're yeah, gonna look, you're gonna look you're great. Riding. You're gonna look great riding around Austin. In the- golf course, yeah. <laughs> Here I come. Look out. What's that? A pink one. <laughs> oh. so, so why? So why you're moaning about the Hillary song? Play the the latest hot song, which is going to be all over the place. Sing for the climate. Sing what? for the climate. It's no, a, it's no. a clip. It's a clip. Hit it. Okay. Sing4theclimate.com. Yes, 5% of the Belgian population came out into the streets and sang the song. Today at the Doha Summit, we went to a news conference where major climate negotiators from Belgium and the the European Union (laughs) sang this song as well. Oh, Um, oh, okay. 
Uh, we need this. There must be a music video. There must be. Yeah, like, yeah. It's on Sing Song for the Climate. It's, oh, and, it's a we, and it's the same oh, lyrics. It's a, we oh, need great. to build a better future and we need to start right now. That's basically the whole lyrics and the whole oh, thing. Great. And it sounds like some sort of a Russian marching tune. Yeah, well, now I want our own Sing for the Climate song. I, I, we can do better than that. I mean, come on. That's, that sucks. This is the problem. Why does it all, when you want to communicate something, well, hello, currydvoracconsultinggroup.com people. What is wrong with you? You're not going to get some babushka song when you want to like get the kids hip to something. If you want to indoctrinate people with your Agenda 21, call us. Okay? Call us. We'll get Kevin Reeves on it. You know, we'll get some dudes who know how to write a song. That blows. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, when 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 you want to when no, play you, another little piece of it, it's catchy. No, no, this is the kind of thing you want. Something like this. You want like this is what you want. Naturally, something you can sing along to. Not like some babushka, babushka track. Beatlesy. It's not Beatles. It's. Good. I love how people think that I don't know that it's Gilbert O'Sullivan, and they'll say, "Hey, man, this is the song that John doesn't think is the Beatles." <laughs> Uh, no. Okay. Uh, let's see. Let me... Uh, oh, yes. Uh, on Agenda 21, uh, the NOAA, the National Oceanographic uh, Architectural A-Hole Institute. What does the NOAA stand for? National Oceanographic Atmospheric Administration or something right, like that. Those guys. Uh, so they're even saying, yes, 2012 was an active hurricane year, but not exceptionally so. We've had 10 busier years in the last three decades. So remember the, all the reporting uh, on the last yeah, show? Yeah, it's ridiculous. And then Sir Dave sent me a nice note. He says, now remember we were listening to the iceberg footage of the iceberg uh, crapping apart and it sounded like a roller coaster? Yeah. So he says, the iceberg footage you saw is stock footage what happens is large large cruise ships every year pull up to the interglacial areas and wait for pieces of the ice to break off. It's called the Calvet Cat Cafe, and it's a big tourist thing, and everyone goes there, because it happens every single year, of course. No, it's been going on for decades. Yeah, but but that's what the cheering was. It was stock footage of, of, of tourists. Oh, that's what this noise was. <laughs> so we thought it was like, you know, like people going, oh, oh. We're all going to die from global warming, but it's really just some stock footage someone jammed in there, and they left the sound up of the tourists all screaming from the from the cruise <laughs> ship. This That's is how funny. stupid ABC News is. Well, uh, shish. So I got a, just one little short clip. You know, uh, my wife is Mimi. Yes, and and you know how how do you spell Mimi? I would say M I M I. Right. Well, there's a. It's on the screen. It's it's it's. It, he, he's reading a, a a tweet from some woman named Mimi, mm-hmm. and he uh, about some. It's just some idiotic thing, and you can Who's tell. Who's he? Who's he? He is Mushmouth Sharpton. Uh huh. And I couldn't get any really good stuff, but I did get this. This his pronunciation of Mimi is quite unique. She loves the president you see on the cover of that love uh, laptop. I agree, Mimi. We've got more on Speaker Boehner's offer coming up next with Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders. But first, we want to hear what you think. Mimi? Mimi. Mimi? Mimi. 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 
Mimi. Mimi. The guy's an idiot. <laughs> All right. I've had it. I, 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 I literally cannot go anymore. I'm okay. tired. I think you should go to bed. Well, I gotta now. I gotta post-produce the show. I gotta pull out all the crap where you know we were rolling around fixing uh, Skype and everything. Then I've got to upload it. Then it'll be up for a while. Yeah, yeah. Then and, and only then. Then you go to and bed. then tomorrow we got to find a place to live. And then Sunday we'll do another show. All right. But uh, we will have uh, news here from the lowland, so I, I am kind of excited about that. You know, although it's weird not being home. It's weird closing up the place, saying, okay, goodbye home, not sure when we'll be back, as we are on the lam and on the run from the authorities, Janet Napolitano, under siege. Does that sound scary enough? Yeah, it's close. I had mm. to, I'd have to sweeten it. <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks everybody for uh, bearing with us today, and uh, we will bear witness with you on Sunday. Coming to you from Amsterdam and Gitmo Nation Lowlands for now. Who knows where it'll be soon? I'm Adam Curry. I'm looking forward to getting the broadcast done out of a teepee on a deserted island near the Holland <laughs> Channel. I'm in northern Silicon Valley. I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you again on Sunday, right here on No Agenda. The best podcast in the universe. Dvorak.org slash N-A